right, all right, all right. I don't think we're doing too bad. All right, welcome to the Whistle Pig Podcast. I'm sitting here today with my grandpa again. So how are you doing today, Grandpa? Oh, we're good. Yeah. Good. Yep. <clears throat> Get into anything crazy during the day? Not today, no. Not, nothing crazy. Just kind of a normal day today. It's just uh, <clears throat> a little company. Had her run into town a few, couple times. But that was about it for me today. All right. You want to adjust this mic a little closer to you? Just a little bit. Yeah, about three, four inches. Just try and keep her in that zone. That's good. As long as you're comfy. That's good. All right. So, you do anything uh, particular when you went into town shopping or just kind of a little bit of whatever? (laughs) Yeah, I just went to uh, a new store. Carson. They had a lot of interesting things here. I mean, I got opened up a new uh, sports section, so they had a lot of fishing stuff, like hunting and camping and everything, so it was interesting. A new store? Well, it's not a new store, but they just opened up a new section of an M57 surplus store. Oh. All right. New section of the surplus store. Now, I couldn't help but notice you got some rabbit legs and other stuff in the sink. What's your plan with those? Oh, my grandson wants me to make uh, rabbit stew and make sure he gets some. So, that's the plan. Going to make some stew. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. All right. Carrots, oh, yeah. celery. Potatoes and onions. And, you know, chicken broth. Oh, you're going with the chicken broth. Yeah. Chicken broth route. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that does sound good. I haven't had rabbit stew in a while. Yeah, then you make biscuits for it, you know, like you do for beef stew and stuff. So, and the way I do, so it's pretty good. Good. Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, <clears throat> last time I really got into the rabbit, I was deep frying it. Yeah. Especially rabbit tenders, those tenderloins. Yeah, those are good. Yep, eating them hot right out of the fryer, barely even. Yeah. You know, can't keep your mouth closed on them. They're so hot. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. Well, have you uh, noticed the signs of spring? Oh yeah, <clears throat> quite a few signs of spring. Lots of birds coming back. Well, besides the. Get some warmer temperatures too for a while. It's cooling off again, but I mean, you know, like you can see it coming. It's well, the sun is high enough in the sky now. When you're outside and the sun is out, it, you can feel the heat from the sun. It feels good. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We've entered that spectrum where it's that white, white sun. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Bright white, it's out of that gold spectrum, out of the fall, orangish tinge. Yeah. Yeah, much different. The sun gets higher in the sky. And it, can, it is. Up, you can really feel the heat. You uh, notice any bugs crawling out of the siding? Any flies? I noticed yeah, there's a few flies. I haven't seen many things. 
Not nothing but flies yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of them coming around pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yep, give it a little bit. Yeah. Give it a little bit. I'm going to uh, adjust your mic just a little bit. me backing into my mic all right oh yeah i mean there's uh lots of signs of spring i mean these <laughs> morning does geese every night or all day <laughs> sandhill cranes lots of crows all the blackbirds are back all the grackles and all the red wings <laughs> cowbirds <clears throat> oh you already seen a cowbird huh oh lots of cowbirds yeah really starling yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Michigan whistle pig earlier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Crossing the road, or was he licking salt? No, he just went across the road. That's kind of the first one I've seen, but I expected to see him, you know, because the weather is uh, about it's... that time. I mean, you know, they don't have to wait until it's real warm. It gets a little warm, warms up a little, and they'll be out. They'll come out and look around for a little while. Oh, yeah. Yep, and we're talking woodchuck, Michigan whistle pig. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to ask you what birds you've seen, but you've already pretty much rattled those off. Red wing, oh, grackle, starling, which we've had starlings in town all winter just oh, yeah. here and there, but, you know, nothing uh, in the numbers I've been seeing. I saw my first red wing this, this year when I was at the credit union a couple days ago. Didn't see him. I heard him, yeah. and yeah. Uh, looking around, I saw a couple black birds in a tree, but I couldn't identify, you know, so I'm not going to confirm it was Red Wing, but, yeah. Yeah. yep, heard a grackle today at work, uh, walking on my way out, heard a grackle, chicken, so, yeah. doing their little... Yeah, I see now, oh, well, now I can't think of it, uh... Or killdeer, yeah, I didn't think of it for a second. Killdeer? Yeah, kill, yeah, I seen a killdeer yesterday. First time I seen one of those. Wow. Well, of course, you hear them first. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was seeing Was he in the road or the yard? No, he was in the yard. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Already? Yeah. Yeah, they must, they must know something about that frost line that we don't, because yeah. I've seen a lot of robins running around the last couple of days. I can't imagine they're finding worms, let alone yeah, bugs right now. I've got Bluebirds, too. I've got three or four of them around here, so they've been around a little while, a couple of weeks, maybe longer. Hmm. And I know robins will eat seed and stuff, so they're not... Oh, why does it do this every time? It always yells at me so loud. There we go. Yeah, they always uh, seem to find something to chew on that's not bug-related. There are shipmen near here, you know, we get some snow, I always wonder what... How do they get in body? But apparently, though, like anything else, I guess, living out in the wild, they'll find something. Yep. They'll eat seeds of some kind or something. Yep. Now, I know you sent me uh, a picture of a red fox you saw on your trail cam Yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yep. Been noticing any more dogs running? No, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen any. I know it is their their mating season, time yeah. of year that they 
they'll be running. They'll actually probably be denned up about now. It's March 9th, 2023. Yep. Already about a third of the way through the month. Ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you want the, those months to go faster to get warmer, but, you know, you want the time kind of goes too fast as it is. So It does. You don't really <laughs> Yes. Better, better just enjoy the one day at a time instead of jumping ahead. Yep, that's uh, <clears throat> definitely some wise words there. Well, the uh, good thing about this time of year is more outdoor activities coming All up. Right? Yeah, I know. We've been thinking about that. It's like I said, when I was over to looking at the new uh, outdoor stuff, you know, you see all the fishing stuff now. Kind of get you all excited about fishing season. It's coming up pretty fast, so and I'm getting kind of excited about. It. I want to go a lot of fishing, seaweed fishing. Oh <laughs> yeah, fishing down the river fishing, just fishing, fishing. Yep. Yep. That's the other thing about this time of year, though, is it makes you realize that you're not prepared. So you're kind of like you said, you want it to warm up, but yep. on the other hand. Yeah, you got get an extra week or two of cold. It's not a bad thing because you can stay in and prep right. all your all your gear. I was just uh, doing an inventory, and I need to restring all my bow fishing bows. Huh. Probably been. Yeah, you got to get that done before you know it's time for to go, and then you don't have to do all that. You know, so you have to be mm-hmm. prepared. I got to get new line for all my fishing rods. I was gonna do that over the winter and that's just one of the things that kept getting pushed back and pushed back and now it's about time to be I mean I would have liked to get on some spring pike you know All throw right. some lures yeah. out for that post spawn yep but uh you know yeah pike's a good thing to hit early because they like to they're in a feeding mode in the spring mm-hmm yep Post-spawn pike. It's fun. And then you got uh, walleyes coming up. And then before we know it, it's going to be last Saturday in April. and Yeah, trout fishing. Trout rivers are going to be flooded. But between now and then, yeah, you know, probably. we've got uh, steelhead. So. Yeah. Well, you're going to make it up and do any steelheading? Oh, so definitely. Test those waders? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they don't work. I have to get new ones, but I did some repair work on them. But hopefully, they won't leak. But either way, I'm going fishing, wet or dry. Yep. <laughs> yep. Have to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Got to risk getting wet, cause that's where the fish are. Yeah. So, uh, what are you thinking as far as likelihood of heading up? I know it's the ninth already, so. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the uh, opportunity comes up, the sooner the better. I mean, I'm, I can be ready in the flash, ready to go. <laughs> I'm sure the rivers are pretty high right now, but all that rain, yeah, snow will melt and everything. So when all that gets in a you turns into a situation where I can be good, you know, fishing, so then I want, I want to go. 
Well, we might even have another little bit of water hitting the rivers because it's supposed to snow. <laughs> I got a more snow. I got a storm warning for Baldwin, or a, not a warning, storm warning, but winter weather advisory. So there's that, you know, going on up north. Right. But uh, Bree and I were just talking about what we're gonna do for Kia's birthday because you know Iris is still. She just hit five months a couple days ago, and we're thinking maybe we'll just either get an Airbnb or go to her mom's cabin for, you know, the weekend or whatever. And oh, that'd be nice. That way we have a base camp that's decent, and then, you know, depending on what activities we can get <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, you got uh, two little ones. It'll make it a little more difficult to do some things. <laughs> It does. It does. But, you know, I'm up for the challenge. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Leon likes being outside. He's been out. Last few days, it's been nice and uh, always happy, smiling, laughing. Uh, yeah. You know? Yes, he is. He likes, he <laughs> likes being, even with a little bit of a chill. We took a walk a few days back, and uh, he was giddy the whole time. Yeah. Iris, not so much. We had her in a, we've got like a sleeping bag that looks like an Eskimo, well, it's an, it's a baby suit, but it looks like a, you know, like a, it's raw, it's raw hide and it's trimmed in oh. white fur and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just like a little papoose or something in there. Yeah. <laughs> Indian baby. <laughs> yep. Looking like a little Indian baby, so. <laughs> She was looking cute in it, but she didn't yeah, but she was. didn't like the weather. <laughs> a little windy. She didn't like oh, that. She's pretty small, yeah. Well, it wasn't the it was more the fact that she didn't just she just didn't like the wind. Trying to breathe yeah. in it. Oh, hitting yeah. her face and stuff. She wasn't yeah. used to it. Well the other daughter loves the outside. She wants to be outside all the time. Yep. I'm hoping all three of them will oh, yeah. end they up do. being outdoor kids, you know. I don't see why they won't be when, you know, try and get them outside and keep them outside as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Keep them out of the house. Yep. You know, you learn more about the world when you're in it than, oh, yeah. You right. know, <laughs> looking at a screen. Right. Yep. That's kind of where this world seems to be headed is. You just live through everybody else's experience, you know. Yeah. Somebody will record it if you want to know what, you know, some of the waterfalls in Yosemite or whatever look like that you can find a picture and, you know, people aren't putting it on their dream boards or making the goals and finding the steps that they need to get there, you know. Yeah. Losing sight because every time they go to do something, there's instant gratification on their phone, you know. Right. Distractions yep. and Yeah, that's all they Yeah, you know, looking at pictures or scenery or you know, different anything on the phone. Oh, they think that's great. That's, but it doesn't compare <laughs> to see it. You know, like firsthand. Be there. The experience, you know, it's so different. But you just get programmed to thinking that's it. You know, oh, that's it. That's they don't even get past that picture. 
mold, you know. So you're just looking at pictures, say, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yep, have you seen this? Have you seen that? You know, it's basically <laughs> yeah, right. what, kind of what I get out of it. Well, looking, it's a lot different looking at a little picture than being there. You can look all around. I mean, everything you see is <laughs> so different. <laughs> everything you see and smell, and it's, it's, you can hear the wind blowing or the, if you're by the stream, you hear the stream uh, rushing by. Yep, I got, you don't um. You hear that on the picture. You don't see it. I mean, you can see it, but. You don't hear it. I ended up yesterday going through some photos because I just created a Facebook so that I could uh, post some of this, post some of this stuff, and start doing the social media. And um, I was going through some old photos because I don't have a whole lot on my phone, um, newer phone, and uh, I got caught up and. Uh, well, a couple trips we took to the UP. When I took Bree up for her birthday, we did that. I got caught up looking at some of those because I recorded uh, Superior, I recorded some waves crashing on the shore, and true, and yeah. just just a, listening to the rocks and everything what I mean. tumbling. That's what I was talking about, I said you can you might see you might see a picture of that, but you can, if you're not there, it's so different. It's it's not even comparable. No, no, it's. And that's the yeah. thing is that after this, I'll have to show you a couple of them because just, you know, it, it, like everything came flooding back, like the cold air on my face, yeah. you know, even the smell of the lake. It just. Right. Oh, yeah. The, the smells, the sound. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, she ended up the air, the wind blowing or something, you know, all that just miss. Yeah. Just looking at your phone all day. Yep. She ended up sitting down beside me and. We worked our way through the year into Kia's birthday when we took her up because she wanted to look for copper and do all that good stuff. And stones, probably. She loves stones. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely stones. That's when we found those Uper lights. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Those, were, those were neat. I'd never seen them before. So I got, uh, <clears throat> we got a little caught up looking through those because, again, I recorded some of the waterfalls flowing and Lake Superior. When we were leaving, it was super, super windy. They were issuing a, a shoreline warning, whatever it was. And I mean, yeah, I was taking video from the road of the waves. They were probably five feet tall, but the water was probably 10, 12 feet deep offshore where they were coming up and they were churning the sand. And <laughs> yeah. some of the waves would be completely brown yeah, from I've the sun. Yeah, I've seen that before, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. You're right. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So yeah. we, you know. I mean, you're 100% accurate when it, you know, when you say that uh, it's not the same. Because the beauty, the beauty is subjective in a way that, okay, you know, if you're just there for the sight, if you just want to, you know, look at it, that's one thing. But to experience it, you know, yeah. the smell, like you said, the sound, even the hike in, well, the true, cold it's feet. Like if you're along the lake shore or something, you know, you can see those pictures, but you can't walk out in uh Stand in the surf there, you know, I'm barefooted in the sand, you know, you don't get to do that. No, <laughs> that's what you, yeah, that's what you have to do. And the appreciation too of right. the power of those waves, Lake yeah. Michigan or Lake Superior, just oh, yeah. crashing into you. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> not caring about your feet getting wet or right. how far you got to walk back, you know. And with Kia, her biggest thing is rocks, you know, like you were saying. So 
she's having a hard time trying to figure out how many rocks she can or can't carry comfortably. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. I got a reminder. You know, we gotta yeah, we gotta, gotta hike. Be the only one pick it because you don't can't pick them all up. The ones you like. No. Nope. Got a ways back. You got a lot of them already. I mean, she only you know might get two three pounds worth at a time. You know. Yeah. tops but i mean there's sometimes she only fills a pocket but you know right maybe a pound but still it's yeah but you the know, fact you got a wet not, soggy not really, i mean it's not about the rocks itself it's just the experience for her because yeah. she's never gonna forget that thing because that's so you know what i still enjoy doing that you know if you get there that may sound strange but oh, it's kind of fun when you're there you just enjoy it just being there oh yeah and then <laughs> see what you can find you know it's, it's kind of a challenge which makes it interesting I like to make uh, little competitions where first person to find a Petoskey stone yeah. or, <laughs> right. you know, Uperlite, whatever. Yeah. It's fun. Well, what are you, some of your uh, favorite vacations? Like, what's one of the first ones that pops up in your mind? Oh, well, you go, if you're talking one of the first ones, <laughs> I'd have to go way back when I was growing up with my mother and dad. We didn't go very far for a vacation. We would rent a cottage in Holland Lake, Michigan. Okay. And that for a week, and they were, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't much of a cottage, and it wasn't much there, but for <laughs> somebody like me, I mean, I just, you know, we loved to fish and swim, so, man, it was like heaven to me. So that was great, you know. We'd take a whole family. we take my dog. <laughs> One time, I, that was an interesting thing happened. Uh, my dog, Buttons. Buttons. After my dad came home we was going out fishing we had the whole family in a boat the rowboat we have to, we, no motors we just oared out and we got out about a hundred yards and then the dog noticed we were all out in the boat and he was <laughs> running back and forth along the shoreline and then pretty soon he jumped in he was coming out he was panicked because so he swam <laughs> all the way out to us and we had to take him back in and put him in the cottage so <laughs> yeah he was he was afraid we were leaving him i guess so he was running all over back and forth, and all of a sudden, boom, he splashed in the lake, and there he comes. So, You guys keep fishing until he got to the boat, well, or did you meet him we halfway? We weren't out fishing yet. We just we were on our way out fishing. And we, we were out there, <laughs> but, you know, we was moving away from shore, and I guess the farther we got, the more panicked he got. So finally he couldn't take it. He just jumped <laughs> in. And we had to haul him in the boat and take him and row him back into the shore. What kind of dog was Patches? Or Buttons, sorry. Well, he was kind of a... Cocker Spaniel mixed with something. I don't know. He, he was... <laughs> Cute as a button? Yeah. Is that where his yeah, name came from? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Followed me everywhere. I'm going to wear a line. He would be you know, right at my feet. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. That is good stuff. And that was... When you were a kid, we talked oh, about yeah, 8, 10? I, I was probably under 10 years old at that point, you know, so... I remember there was some people that rented cabins beside us. They were a couple of boys that were just a little older, and they had BB guns, and, I, and they were <laughs> shooting frogs and stuff. I thought that was so you know such a great deal that they'd shoot snakes or something. You know, <laughs> I always wanted to do that, but they were kind of few few years older than me, but not much. But I mean, I wanted to be like them, you know. So, so I eventually got my BB gun, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, and my cousin would usually stay out with us at the same time, and uh, or he would, their family would run a, a cottage, you know, together, so we'd be up there together, so we got to run around together. 
And uh, one time, there was a, the people that owned the, the store up there, they had a daughter that worked there, but in my cousin and her decided they wanted to they swim across the lake and back. And back? Yeah, all the way across and all the way back. We did, but, you know, we rode a boat with them, so. Well, my, uh, she made it. My cousin didn't make it all the way back, so we had, <laughs> we had to help him out, get him in the boat, you know, because he couldn't <laughs> swim all the way back across. But he didn't make it all the way across, but didn't make it all the way back. But that's funny because I, you know, that's why those, even when you're so young, you remember so many good things that, you know, yeah. that happened when you're young. Like those, it wasn't, you know, like a big exciting thing going to like the Disney World or anything, with just a little cheap cabins, you know, on a little lake, you know, a little small fishing lake, you know, there wasn't nothing there to do, but we just had a good time, just find something to do it really, you know, just being there. Has she ever let him live that down? What? Has she ever let him live that down, that he couldn't I make it? I don't think so. <laughs> probably not. I'm sure she probably did. <laughs> she was a couple of years older than he was, so, you know, so he was older than me, but but she, and she was older than he was, but she she lived there all her life, you know, so she oh. probably did that a lot, you know, a lot of swimming. So, yeah, so. that was probably her thing, was to yeah, swim across the thing, lake. You know, so. Yeah. Cool. And that, you said that was one of the first ones, so what else you got? Well, I mean, when I got, we got older, you know, I'd take my family fishing, or I mean, on vacation, and a lot of, we that involved a lot of fishing, usually we'd go camping, and we did a lot of fishing, we'll, my wife, Carolyn, she liked to fish as much as I did, so she went fishing a lot. Mike and Matt both loved to fish, so did Shelly and Cheryl, the whole family did. But then we would just go to campgrounds, different lakes, you know, Hagen's Lake. Mm -hmm. We went to Hagen's a lot because I had my sister had a cottage on Hagen's Lake, right on the lake, and we spent a lot of time there. So those are kind of things that we uh, we did. When we were with my family growing up. But. Well, do you um, do you remember one of the first vacations you took your family on? One of the first. Well, <laughs> yep, that goes back a while. Jeez, I'm trying to. As far as grandma and the kids, you know, um, I mean, even if it was uh, an out of state, you know, one of the big vacations, one of the. First, if not the first big vacation you guys took all together? Oh, you know what? I, it's one of those things that we just, we started out young when we were, uh, well, we even had a, our family. We used to like to, we did a lot of camping. So that's kind of how we started, and it's pretty much kind of what we did, you know. So we did a lot of, we didn't rent cabins or anything. We always rent, you know, we used to tent, went to the state campgrounds, mostly all over the state, so. That was kind of fun for us, so that's kind of what we did. So, you know, most of the family did, got involved with that. And we did that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh... We had some interesting experiences. Uh, I remember one time, I, I just, two sons and I went fishing. That was at, uh, let's see, Hamlin Lake over by Ludington. We had uh, some coon problems. 
one night we had a heard some growling or like that, you know. And so all of a sudden we had coons in our tent. In the tent. In the, well, we had kind of a little uh, tent. I had. I don't know what you call it, a little, another small room there. And I was sure we kept all of our food and stuff in there. They got in there somehow. Like a screen, like a kind of, sunroom or screen room yeah, or whatever? Yeah, kind of like that, but it was smaller than that. But it, I don't know, it was a little bit different than that. But, but they kind of woke us up. And, then, you know, you run out and the coon is running off with a whole loaf of bread, you know. So And they were all, the one that had the, the bread, all the rest of them were fighting him trying to get it. You know, and they was like six or seven of them. But, you know, when they just let them go, you don't mess with them when they got <laughs> food on there, you know. <clears throat> no. When they're fighting over food, let them go. So. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's, I had a big cooler. In fact, that was so long ago, you still have that cooler. That blue? That cooler, what I had, yeah, that blue cooler used to have water bottles in you could screw in the top so it was heavy. It was hard to pick the top up, but at Coons kind of chewed that little handle a little bit, and they got, they reached up in there, and they pulled the meat out of there, you know, bacon and hot dogs <laughs> or whatever. They got, you know, those coons are clever. Yeah, then we got out, went outside, and that one was in the, we had the trunk open at the car, and he was in the trunk. He grabbed another one. You couldn't get him out. He wouldn't come out, so you just, he was growling, <laughs> and finally he jumped out, and he had something. He took off running, and the same thing was, one of those coons that got something in his mouth, the rest of them are going after him, you know. So Sounds that was like right it. in the campground. But after we caught some fish that one night, we were down to the down by the fish cleaning station. <laughs> we was cleaning some fish and we heard something. Coons again. They were in the trunk of a car again. A different car? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those those coons are everywhere. Then of course, you know, you have the campers who would come out at night, you know, I thought they were coons are so cute and then they'd feed them, you know, so Ah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so that perpetuates the problem. Yeah, and what, what are you going to do, you know? So that's why there, there's so many of them. They were pretty fat, <laughs> pretty well fed. Well, and, you know, if they know that they're going to get fed, oh, yeah. they're yeah. probably associate. well, not even probably, uh, they are associating well, people yeah, with. Yeah, and what are they going to do? You can't do nothing to them in the campground. <laughs> they pretty much know that, so they're pretty much free to run with whatever they want to do. Well, I mean, not now. Back. Back in the day, you probably could have got well, away with a little maybe, bit more than now, know. but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I guess if it was during the hippie era, you were probably still pretty yeah. <laughs> hands-tied, but, yeah. No, that well, sounds like a, what? like a skit. <laughs> that reminds me of another one. I tell you, one, <laughs> one time, well, this was on the lake way up north. I can't recall the name of it, but it was... Mike and I was fishing, my other, my oldest son, and I had a, I got a 16-foot aluminum boat, but it was real wide. We've been fishing a while, and you can lay right out flat on the seats. There's the bent seats in it. Yep. I was laying in one, and Mike was laying in the other one, and both of us had our lines in one, and both of us fell asleep. I don't, we all woke up, and it's almost all the way back in the shore, right into this, we drifted all the way back into the swim area. We were out there, I mean, you know, we were... <laughs> We're like, wake up, and it's like, everybody's all around us, like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> What's going on? I said, we, you've been sleeping that long? <laughs> well, you know, Still if nobody's... in the water, like drifting. <laughs> if nobody's done it, it's relaxing, you know? Yeah. The waves rocking well, yeah, you a little bit, the sun hitting you. Sleep, laying there, it was nice out. Sound of the water lapping yeah. up against the hull. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good stuff. Probably a good thing I woke up. We probably went all the way into the shore. We probably bouncing on the shore or something. <laughs> nothing on the lines when you woke no, up, we huh? we didn't have nothing. Huh. Could have hooked a swimmer there when he got back into the <laughs> yeah. swim area. but. <laughs> yeah, no, that... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, kinda, I remember waking up and it was just, you know, a lot of those people come out and take their big boats out there, you know, and just... Anchor them so they could, you know, swim all day, you know, around their boats. And that's kind of first thing I, I see them when I hope my eyes, this great big boat beside of me, you know. So, and I look around, I thought, oh, we're almost back in the shore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely a slow day. I mean, if you yeah. got to fall asleep and oh, yeah. woke up still yeah, without well, anything on the. Yeah. Never hurts to get a little shut eye, yeah. <laughs> a little nap. No. No. Probably ready to go the rest of the night. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, fuel is the second part of the day. Yeah. Now, I know you guys went to Florida at some point. Oh, yeah. I went to, we did go to, yeah, I went to Florida, we went to Disneyland. That was, uh, it was real interesting because it was 1976. Long time ago, but when that you was went to Disneyland, two hundredth anniversary of our country. So there was yeah. a lot of themes about that in uh, at Disneyland. So or Disney World, that was quite did, interesting. Did you go during the fourth? No, I, it was in it was in July, and it was hot. Well, man, was it hot? Oh yeah, I mean, Florida in July. <laughs> yeah, I do remember standing at this watching a parade at Disneyland. They had all the you know the they had a long parade, and man, it was so hot. You, you have shorts and everything on, but I mean, it, it was your sweat would beat up on your legs. You'd run right down your legs, you know, so it was so hot. Not even doing anything, just standing in the sun. Well, the humidity, too, I oh, mean. yeah, the humidity's horrible. Got to factor in that. Yeah. Huh. But it was fun, though. I mean, you know, it was, I mean, we went to uh, SeaWorld. That was interesting. So... Well, yeah, we used to go to Cedar Point a few times, take the kids. We've been there a few times. What was uh, your favorite ride at Cedar Point? Well, just a lot of them. I love those, but I guess <laughs> one that doesn't last very long, it's kind of short, but that's when you first get there, that was a long time ago, but that was, I don't even know if it's there anymore, probably not. That was a demon drop, you know, because the first oh, time yeah. I ever did that, you know, you just, <laughs> you know, you just take your right straight up, and then you just, you, you you know, you go straight out, and you suspend you there for a second before we give you that little sensation of when, you know, when it's gonna, when we're gonna go, yep. and, and all of a sudden, boom, you. and you're going, you know, <laughs> chew, you're down, and then, yeah, that was, uh, maybe, I don't know why I can remember that one, but maybe it's because it was one of the first ones I, we rode on, so, but there was a lot of good rides there. <laughs> the demon drop, yep, yeah. that's, uh, yep. that's a pretty... Yeah, a lot of roller coasters are really good. I don't nearly like the ones that spin around and you keep you upside down. I don't mind going up and down and around, but upside down, no, that makes me dizzy. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that either. The demon drop, dro <laughs> demon drop, demon drop is pretty uh, infamous though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I think you know I'm not sure if it's still there either. I don't know. It's been that was a long time ago, so it might not be there now. Yeah, I brought on some of those fast coasters. It, it's pretty amazing. Couldn't do it now, though. Body wouldn't take it. 
No. <laughs> no body and yeah. Honestly, my mind, I you know, I, I don't know if I could handle <laughs> you know, like uh the shivering timbers or whatever at Michigan Adventures. <laughs> You know, it's all made out of wood, so the whole time now I would be worrying about whether or not it was going to splinter or, yeah. you know, what the maintenance was on it. Being younger, it's whatever. Right. You know, you're not thinking about all that. Yeah. But, you you know. don't think about anything like that when you're younger, you know. But you get older, you, know, you kind of look at things a little different and say, well, I don't know about that thing. Yeah, what's the terminal velocity? <laughs> been there a long time. I don't know. Oh, how well do they maintain this thing? Right, it's weather checked, you know, all the well, sun yeah. beating on it. and Yeah. Been a few accidents, so, you know, you kind of think about those things sometimes. Yeah. Now, you never, when you're younger, you don't. Oh, yeah. That. Especially when you got kids, you're oh, thinking, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. are they going to survive this? You know? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, actually, uh, last time I was on the Timbers, my, uh, I was coming around the second to last swirly curve there in my, uh, seatbelt started coming loose <laughs> so i just held on to each side i was thinking about tightening it but i didn't exactly yeah. want to tighten it and then pop it out you yeah. know so i just held yeah, on to both to sides and buckled in and Jeez. <laughs> yep but you know just from the constant up and down coming through that second third yeah. of the track you know and then it goes into some curves but mm-hmm. i was good in the initial drop yeah hard always drops because you're feel like you're looking straight down then you get down on the ground and look at it and it's like yeah it's only about 45 degrees you know but still it's yeah yep man yeah <laughs> thing i remember most about michigan adventures is the bass in their their pond they've got some oh yeah because you can feed their fish you know they yeah. got little fish pellets my god right. yep i was thinking about hooking one of those <laughs> yeah you know that's <laughs> well yeah you pretty good at those you got one of those when you were pretty young once <laughs> that was a six pounder yeah 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 i rem- yeah. you know i i remember that too i remember seeing it oh, geez, you went way old then sneaking up on it <laughs> i remember throwing the rapala at it and just kind of letting it drift down and giving it a little twitch as it was drifting and yeah honestly I, you know it, it i didn't see it you had i didn't know <laughs> i didn't see it until you brought it to me yeah, I think I can't remember if I ended up. Oh, I ended up crossing, didn't I? I went to the other side of the. Yeah, you crossed the creek there, and I, we couldn't go any farther up the creek with the canoe, so we we parked it, and you walked upstream. But uh, yeah, that thing opened its mouth, and my knees started shaking. <laughs> well, yeah, it was huge. That was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. Crazy. Yeah, you know what? It probably wasn't similar time of the year. Probably a little later, but one of those. Oh, you know, I don't know what what, what uh, I can't remember what month it was when you got that you caught that bass. But and it was early in the spring when they uh, gone upstream. Yeah, it was probably. I want to say probably Mayish. It might have been. It was probably Mayish because uh, uh, the weather was warm. I know that. <laughs> it might have been May coming into June because I remember. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure that was the trip we had the fly rods. We were throwing poppers at panfish out there on the channel into the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember yeah. seeing carp flopping around, and usually that's about 
carp spawn in time too. Yeah. But yep, that was it's a good getting there. Each day is getting closer, but like we said before, I said, you know, you gotta enjoy each day, because you know it's uh, you know they say, isn't it funny how time slips away? Well, it isn't funny how time slips away. <laughs> No, it's not. not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's actually frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. If it's enough word, it's frustrating. Yeah, it isn't funny how time slips away. <laughs> no. But, you know, at the same time, you do got to remember that it's, uh, as sad as it is, you know, there's those amongst us that there's a scale, right? People that take things for granted. Everything for granted, everything's negative at one end. Yeah. And then you got people where everything is positive, nothing's wrong at the other end. And there's a sliding scale. Yeah. And that falls into your day, you know. You could have the best, sunniest, most beautiful day, you know. Nothing to do, but if you have that mindset that nothing's going right, you know. I mean, the day's wasted regardless yeah. of how, you know, how All great right. it is. Yeah. And, Jeez. You know. So true. But, you know, at the same time, then you, if you have people around you that'll pull you out of that or snap you to yeah. some reality, be honest with you, whatever it is, whatever it takes, you know. But the downside is both ends of the scales tend to push people away. You know, you don't want somebody that's always telling you that you're wrong because this is bad or this is whatever and pointing out the negatives. But at the same time, you want somebody with a sense of reality that optimism's great. But some things you can't ignore and just hope for the better, or, you know, be optimistic about. Some things you got to take action, so. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I know a lot of bad things happen to some people, but on most, most people, which yeah, yeah. you can let that control your life, if, you know, or you can let it, you know, take control of your life what are the other you can control you you can control it so you want to be happy you can be happy you know you can enjoy life no matter what happens to you you know if, if you just think of well oh, i can't get a break never get a break it's always going to be like this it will always be like that you just got to fight it and leave it you know you can, it's going to work out for you and it will i mean most people don't have <laughs> most people are really blessed just well if, especially if you're born in this country Yep. You're born into the greatest country in the world. That's a blessing by itself. And then, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for anybody. You know, if you want to put the effort in it, you know, sometimes it takes a little effort. Yes. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So, you know, that's it, kind of up to an individual what kind of a life they want to have. It's just how you want to well, you want to put in your life, how you want to live your life. And then it can be, it can happen that way. Well, on that, on that note, I wanted to, I want to ask you, what does, uh, so what does the slogan, Make America Great Again, mean to you? Because it seems like right now, not even right now, since well, late 2015. It be a slogan for everybody. I mean, everybody should endorse Make America Great Again. I don't care if you're a conservative or liberal or who you are. I mean, if that's it. Kind of, that's kind of your thing. It does irritate me because that is, it seems like so many people don't want to destroy this country. They don't what they have here, and 
I just, you know, they just want, they, you're talking about the negative people, like that, they, that's it, they always want to find something wrong with our country, not what's right about it, and we got, yeah, we've had some things that we, you know, did wrong or something, you know, we did, in the past, our history, yeah, we did, uh, had some things that should have, shouldn't have happened, but they did, but overall, it's still the best country in the world, I mean, you know, because you make mistakes, that doesn't make you a bad country, you know, you have to, <laughs> every country, the, you know, the governments are, look at, the, look at all the different third world countries that have been like that forever, and they can never right. get back, because all they're doing is, they're all corrupt. Well, so what is it that allows that to be a divider, a dividing line, where if you identify with that slogan, or it resonates with you at all, oh, you're a Trump supporter, or you're the extremist, well, or I you're, don't believe, you know. I am a Trump supporter, I'll tell you that, but I don't think it makes a difference whether you're a a Trump supporter or you, you support the liberals. You know, I can't. I just can't believe if you're an American, you really love this country, that you cannot believe that uh, it's make America great is not a good. You know, it shouldn't be part of our country. I mean, it should be part of your everybody. culture. I everybody. mean, everybody should try and contribute to make this country better in some way. Just being a better person for making this country better. It, well, and that's the thing. So. At what point do you think, I don't even know how to word it, at what point do you think that it doesn't matter who says what, right? It doesn't matter if somebody on the far right or far left says, hey, be a better person. Hey, be healthy, right? Focus on your health. Hey, help the people around you. What is it, it, it that in the... In the climate we're in now, what is it that takes that good message and instead of having it be colorblind, right? Instead of having it be broad-spectrum humanitarian, it becomes a party politic. <laughs> like, what is that? Because Make America Great Again is, to me, Make America Great Again. That means... Quit sending money to places that it doesn't need to be sent. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. if we were going to look at America like a family, how come we've got family like Chicago or Detroit or New York right now? How come we've got family like Skid Row, right? How come we've got family that's homeless when we're going to send hundreds of dollars to our friends or our neighbors before we're taking care of people in our home? And I get there's politics, right? You got to be cool with your neighbor to an extent. Well, you don't want your neighbor it's to not just make America great. Great, America should be first. Yes. I mean, we got to take care of our own people before we take care of the whole world. Let's, you know, we are the most generous country in the world, but let's take care of our people. But that generosity comes from generational pain knowing what people have fled and escaped like we were talking the people that are most patriotic are immigrants because they're fleeing i know they yeah because they would know what it's like to live in a a country or in a government that uh, well any communist government where you don't have any freedoms you're pretty much a monarchy yeah you're pretty much living by uh what the government tells you to do. You can do 
you do what they tell you to do or you live your life like they tell you to live your life. You don't have options. You can't. There's no free speech. <laughs> there isn't too many things more important than having a, you know, freedom, you know, free speech. What? <laughs> freedom, you know, choice to have your choice of religion. You know, it's That's so huge. different. That's huge. Yeah. You know, because... <clears throat> Personally, I think religion is what keeps the individuals grounded. I mean, you've got, regardless of how you look at it, you know, whether it's Catholicism, Christianity, um, you know, Judaism, any of it, the underlying message is to be a better person. Yeah. Right? Right. Whether, whether you believe or you don't believe in a certain religion's nuances, that, okay, what is this whole... Lent thing, right? Or what is this whole, um, you know, there's no Jesus thing, right? What What is it with this whole Allah or God or what is it with uh, fasting, you know? what What's a candelabra? Like, none of that matters. It's the, I mean, it does to the people who practice because it keeps them... One, it unifies them, right? Right. There's, there's a family in the church. There's a family in the mosque. But secondarily, it's there's constant reminders throughout the day. Somebody comes home from work. They walk past a can. They set their keys on a, on a coffee table that has a candelabra on it, and that's a reminder. They walk yeah. into a room, and there's a picture of Jesus posted on the wall or whatever. You know, maybe they have a, you know, a psalm tattooed on them or posted up on their fridge or whatever every time they go to grab a glass of water you know they're reminded of john's whatever you know but true i mean all these different things you're talking about it's a, you shouldn't the problem is there's so many i shouldn't say so many, i don't know there's always some enough people in these different i don't know religions i guess that are they they don't there's no tolerance for anything else other than, you know, it should be, we're all the same. Whether you want to, what you're a Catholic or a Christian or whatever you are, you know, we're like brothers and sisters, just because of something is different in your religious, you know, aspect of your life, I mean, you don't disrespect the other religious people, you know, that look at things differently than you do. So should be, we're all <laughs> sons and daughters of, our, you know, the Father. Yeah, it, one, it doesn't make it wrong, but two, how, how are you going to go against really the, one of the, I don't even want to say the foundations, but one of the principles of you're not better than everybody. Like, by just by saying, oh, they're crazy for believing this or that, or I can't believe that, you know, they've got snakes in their church, whatever your event you're in a way putting yourself on a higher pedestal right and you're just by saying that they're wrong you know what's the guarantee that you're right yeah true you know it's it's called faith for a reason because if you were right and there was proof it'd be called fact it'd be called you know yeah. not studying not practicing religion it would be called science mm-hmm. right Right. I mean, you can do, you can create a hypothesis, you can test it, and then you can know, okay, 
if I put this Mentos in this Coke, I don't think it's going to fizz over like all these things. You know, I'm seeing, I'm hearing people tell me that I put a Mentos in a Coke bottle and it about explodes, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there's those people that they say, why would you waste the Coke? Or they say, I don't like Mentos. I've never bought a Mentos. You know, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've tried them. Like, never never going to, you know. Like why? You know, that's what I mean. Why do they, <laughs> people care? I mean, you do, people can do what they want as long as you, I'd, I'd say this, this is one of the things, issues we have in our country with different, as always people, want, whatever you do, they're going to find fault with some of it, if there's something, you know, they're going to find fault whatever, which is so wrong, you know, just respect people, let them live. And you do your thing, they can do their thing. Well, and that's one of the, uh, just to bring it back, that's one of the things that's going to prevent people from being able to enjoy their vacation or even well, take yeah, a vacation. That's what I mean. That's what I'm know. talking about. I said, just, just enjoy your life. <laughs> you don't have to be so complicated. I mean, you're looking for every little, <clears throat> everything about somebody or something that you don't like. Excuse me. Especially here in America, because a lot of people forget Yellowstone is a super volcano. <laughs> and that could go off at any time. And at any time, we're done. You know, at least as a country, or the majority of a country, you know. And then yet we're the country right now that's worried the most about gender issues or, you know, oh, you know social justice. I'll say this, it's, it, all of those things, yeah, it's so hard not to get frustrated when it's, all of these things going on, but, you know, I don't know what to do, because you can't, <clears throat> like I said, uh, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, I feel so blessed just to be, for my life, I mean, I feel like just most people living in this country should feel the same, all the the opportunities you have here. I mean, all uh, look at what we, our service men have sacrificed for, for us now that we can, well, what opportunities that we have, and how could I be not thankful? Not feel blessed. Yeah, ungrateful. How could you be <coughs> yeah, ungrateful? How could you just feel anything but just being grateful and blessed to be here, be an American? Well, well. no, you're all right. When you get done there, you want to pull this in a little bit in front of you. You've just been getting a little muffled. There you go. A little closer. There you go. But, you know, I just, I don't, it's so deep that there is no answer. But I, I think I can start to construct an answer, right? What I think it is, is we've got too much free time. I know you've heard the saying that strong men... Or hard men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times, right? And that's, right. The, that's the cycle. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I think we're in the weak men creating hard times. Uh, you're, yep. Because the generations before us have created the good times, right? And I'm not saying everything was good because you can't just cast a broad net. Right, you can't say, "Oh, '60s were good, '70s were good, '80s were good, '90s were good, '2000s is when it started to tip." 
because it's it's that it's not that right like we said you have a sliding scale one person on one end is always going to be optimistic that doesn't matter what time they're born in yeah to them life is always good right then you have somebody that they could have everything handed to them yeah life's terrible yeah okay right. so there's no broad broad blanket but what i'm trying to say is the majority of social issues allowances acceptances um certain things okay look at our debt right our national debt something like that hard men created good times they left this country they fought this this country uh, let's say world war ii let's start there this country united for the effort yeah okay then you start getting men coming here veterans they're doing they're fighting korea right they're fighting vietnam it's it's that unification. Well, Vietnam, people would kind of highlight as a point that things started to turn. Maybe. My counter to that is that's when people started to have more time. Because look at the time from Vietnam till Desert Storm, right? Yeah. The Pacific, <clears throat> right? where you've got, what is that, it, 30 years? Yeah, so, 40 yeah. years? Right. 30 years where there was nothing happening. Right. It was peacetime. There were yeah. people who were in the military for a full 20-year career that never saw combat. Yeah, right. Rare. So then you've got, you've got these people that have generationally forgotten what it's like to be on edge, <laughs> forgotten right. what it's like to have daily anxieties about family being in combat or maybe oh. getting deployed. Right, yeah. Right. No, it's and then what's that turn into? Well, that turns into taking things for granted because now you've skipped a generation. You don't have, and I'm not saying we need war, but we definitely need war, right? You can't not have it. It's at least got to be an option. I don't, we, you don't need war, but you need the option. You need the ability. You need right. to be ready for it. Yeah. And, I think what's happened is those generations of people that haven't had to worry about. Yeah, they didn't think that there was, you know, no need for having a strong military, you know, because it was, they were so, <laughs> they just, there was nothing, no, so long, for so, you had peace for so long, it, they just took it for granted and didn't think it was necessary to have a strong military. Which is so wrong. <clears throat> well, yeah. You just have to deal with from a point of strength. Yes, and and what I was kind of angling toward is the Vietnam era, right? When guys were getting drafted, who did they not draft? <laughs> you know, people that were going to school, college, mm -hmm. or people. That had a family. Yeah, people for the married, most part married with family. Right. Now you could have kids and not be married and get drafted. Okay, right. we're not saying it was, but if you were working on your doctorate, more than likely you had to volunteer if you wanted to go. You weren't drafted out of college, right? As long yeah. as you were right. being successful. And what I'm trying to get at is that generation. Maybe it was. Um, maybe it was a way of breeding arrogance or superiority complex where you know my life is worth more 
because they didn't want to draft me or, you <laughs> yeah. know, where now we have these, these educated individuals that, you know, the war is over. What are they doing? Whether they're still going to school or not, a lot of them then become professors in the college or they become CEOs. They become presidents of companies. They become powerful individuals who then start, I mean, everything falls from the top down, right? Mm. So then you've got a head of a company that's starting to put his mindset that, you know, I was, I was too good to go to war. And there's a reason, and it's because intelligence, you know. And then you start to mix that with war or whatever, combat, conflict is below me. Yeah. And then that generationally gets bred into (laughs) your students, your friends, your family, the people that you have around you, and the more powerful the individual, the more influence. Yeah. You give it. 40 years to where we are now and you've got indoctrination through the education system you've got indoctrination through the family through the social system to the point to where you've made it so easy because of the world up to up up until iraq afghanistan the world was a little on edge when it came to challenging america Right. All right. So you had it easy, and you didn't know why you had it easy, even though you may tout that oh we lost Vietnam. Right. Mm-hmm. You're saying we're the home team. We <clears throat> we lost. You know that's like that kid in school that hates his school, but he's glad when they lose their football game or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Now you have thirty, forty years of that, where everybody's safe. So instead of having to think about outside threats or challenges, they're able to sit and think in their own echo chamber where the people that are surrounding them have the same thoughts. Yeah. And then they yep. start saying things like, hey, I don't like when that guy says this. I don't either. Well, he shouldn't be able to say that then. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like we've talked before, the First Amendment is the most important amendment. Yep. Because if you don't have the freedom to say something, then there is no conversation. Yeah, and I need to know what you're thinking. Yeah, and if we can come to uh, an agreement or whatever, we can always get to the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment, I think, is almost equally important. The reason I say almost is because you and I could have a conversation about what do we do about pick a country, the Belarusians, right? They're on our shores. What do we do? Well, let's say we banned guns. What do we do? Well, they're threatening us, so I think what we should do is um, start arming our citizens. Okay, you know what? That sounds like a good idea because our military has been downsized, blah, blah, blah. If we start arming our citizens, now our military is the size of our civilian populace, or at least the majority of it. We can come to that through conversation. But the second that you say, no, no, you don't have a say. Because, you know, whether it's I'm higher up in government or I'm your boss or I'm your uncle or your dad or your bigger brother, whatever it is, the second you start to take that right to speak away, there's no conversation. There's no ability for you to be like, well, um, 
I don't think that we need to be arming our citizens, Jarrell. Why not? You know? We're, it doesn't matter why not. We're just not going to, you know? Right, yeah. Yep, so true. You know, and that's kind of what frustrates me is people don't realize that, I mean, a lot, inner city, inner city people do realize to an extent that you, you know, when you're fighting every day for food, for a job, when you don't have somebody in the house like your mom because she's working three jobs and you don't have a dad around because he's in prison or whatever, and you kind of have to raise yourself, those people realize that, hey, it, for them it's probably not a good time right now, right? They're probably not living in the good time. But they also realize you need to have free thought. You need to be able to think for yourself for one. But you also don't have the time to sit and think, I want to get this person silenced. Because that does not matter. What matters is what's going on outside your door. The gunshots that went off down the street. The old lady that you haven't seen come out to get her mail the last couple of days. The people ar immediately around you that take care of you and help you. That matters. Yep. It doesn't matter if that old lady across the street is on Facebook or whatever, Twitter, and she says something crazy. You're not going to try and get her blocked because once a week she brings you cookies. She checks in on you to make sure you're okay. She used to babysit you when you were young, you know? You're not going to immediately try and get her voice silenced. But right. right now, when you have a neighbor that you don't talk to, because times are so good, you go to work, you come home, you go in the house. You might mow your lawn. You never look over the fence. The second you see your neighbor post something crazy, right? you can immediately attack them because you don't have other stresses uh, yeah. thanks to what? our previous generations and their <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah. Which, br right. bringing it back to what what's Make America Great mean to you, that's what it means to me. It's not let's engage in war. We just got out of a 20-year conflict. <laughs> yeah. But what it does mean to me is let's, Bring those principles back. Let's find a way to unify. Let's quit sending jobs overseas, right? Let's quit. China's going to China's gonna get our information. They're going to get our secrets, our, our technologies. Oh, they They're going to get it. Yeah. So is Russia. So is Iran if they want it. They, you, know, you know what? If Argentina wants it, they send a spy here. They indoctrinate them in the college down the road, and then they go to MIT or whatever, right? They'll get our I think, stuff. Yeah, every country in this world is spying on every other country. So, you know, it's not like that we're the only, you know, the only the big powers of this world, like, you know, our country and like Russia and China. And, you know, those are the ones that only have the technology. But every country in the world has that technology to spy on each other. There's, China has, I don't know, all kinds of ways to spy on, you know, you don't need to send a balloon over. That was a joke, you know. They got, <laughs> that's a distraction. That's, it was yeah, a distraction. right. I mean, geez, they got drones and satellites and everything else. They don't know what's going on there, and every just like uh, like we know what's going on our own. Just yes. you know, just like Google. I mean, you know, you could find an answer to almost anything yeah, instantly. I mean, not only, yeah, but I mean, you know, they got crazy. You, you could see everything. Oh yeah, you're talking Google Earth. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like Get on you think map. we're not the only country that has those kind of, you know, that technology is there for everybody. Right. Well, you know, and, and that brings it back to what are we going to do, right? 
What are we going to yeah. do? Because in a world that's so technologically advanced, really the only thing to do is add more humanity. <laughs> right? When technologies take... I mean, think about this. You were born before a time there was internet. Oh, yeah. Long time. <laughs> okay, so how did you communicate with your neighbor? Well, why face-to-face conversation. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Face-to-face. You didn't send an email. No. Nope. You didn't shoot a text. At the, at the most, you called them. Yeah, well, yeah. You can talk <laughs> yeah. on the phone, but... but... Even then, that was difficult because yeah, you were, you were right. plugging yeah. up the lines. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, when was when was two way calling a thing where you could actually have like call waiting, <laughs> or you could add somebody on your call? You yeah, know, I know. That, yeah, yeah, it's a lot different. <laughs> you know, and is it any coincidence that that humanity is kind of what is kind of what I'm talking about? Is it any coincidence that that humanity is what kind of, in my mind, made America great? Because well, that's true. That's it, because, you know. Technology's taken over. None of us are going to disagree with that. Technology's kind of taken over. Kids don't want to go outside anymore. If if they want to see a caterpillar, they'll Google it. What caterpillars (laughs) are are around me, you know? If they want to see what a caterpillar turns into, they'll watch a sped-up video on a caterpillar going into a cocoon, turning into a butterfly. Yeah. You know? Instead of catching a caterpillar, putting it in a little Rubbermaid tub. (laughs) To the point to now, there's somebody out there that sees you put a caterpillar in that Rubbermaid tub and they break down in tears because yeah. you're, you're, in, you're in capturing an animal that has, you're taking its free will. But then they're going to sit there and try and take your right to do that, which is taking your freedom, right? Mm-hmm. They're more worried about these inanimate objects or these creatures than hu- humanity. And that's what I think we have to do is add humanity back. You know, I mean, the fact that we're recording this podcast, the fact that I can post this on the internet and anybody in the world could hear it. Yeah. It's crazy. That that wasn't, back in your day, when you were a kid, that's what we called radio. (laughs) And you had to tune in at a certain time. Yeah. And if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. If you could get it. And you had four options. (laughs) You had four options. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Well, that was... During the daylight times, so after at night, you only get nothing. So, you know, turn your radio off, I guess. <laughs> as far as transmissions, you mean? Yeah. You could really? Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, but first, you know, the radio broadcasts were AM radio, you know. At first, for a long time, all people just had AM radio, and I was <laughs> not good. You know, you didn't ever get a good signal. Whereas, thus, it was real close and a strong, strong, you know, radio station. But, and it wasn't many of those. <laughs> yeah, most of the local ones are kind of weak, and, you know, they would come and go. You know, you, could, you might have it for a little while, and all of a sudden it started fading, it's gone, you know. It's so static, and all you hear is static. So what, is that just because uh, they were shutting down the transmission, or was that just, like, how would the weather affect that, I guess, well, the time of the day? Weather, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was just the tech, that was the best they had, the technology, you know, to, to get those radio waves over the, Air, you know the, huh? That's the way it starts. I mean, you know, it starts at the bottom and it goes from there. <laughs> it was the bottom. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty interesting because I guess I never really would have thought that you didn't have radio at night. I figured that be when it was more popular. Well, see, you just didn't have radio. I mean, you know, you're very lucky to find anything at night because most of those, you know, the stations would be 
AM stations would be go off at, you know, at, after dark. I don't know. I can't recall why. What was the reason for that? I don't know if it, the night, I don't know. I don't remember. But, you know, it was a long time. All we had is AM till boy, we got FM, and that was, uh, you know, kind of cleared up a lot of that static and stuff. So that was quite a big deal. And then you have AM and FM. Wow, he was really moving up. <laughs> yeah, he, he had an iPad because he could yeah, choose. Yeah, he was switch. moving up in the world. Man, <laughs> you got an FM radio. Man. So, and, and that's what I mean. We're taking it for granted. You know what I mean? We got technology. Technology is doing exactly like you just said. You know, you go from AM, FM to I can, I can miss this, this ball game. I can record it, and <laughs> yeah. I can find out what happens tomorrow after I wake up from a nap or whatever. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And like I was saying, if we add humanity back into it some way, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know if you have to take... I don't know if you have to take, and people aren't going to like this, but I don't know if you have to take a kid that's 18 in high school, getting ready to graduate, and you tell him, here's two options, and you only have two options, AM or FM, <laughs> right? AM is mandatory enrollment in the military. Four years, mandatory. FM is you go to college. You get your bachelor's. If you don't have your bachelor's, if you flunk out, you're going to AM. <laughs> yeah. You get your bachelor's, you're free. You have a choice. You go for your doctorate or go out and get a job. Right? Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, that would, I mean. Yeah, that, all those things. That's good. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. But, I mean, you know what? You think about what would happen if something, you know, if we were in a situation like that and the youth of our we live in with now, you know, man, that wouldn't work. It just wouldn't well, work. Well, <laughs> because right now we've made weak men through the easy times. Yeah, that's it. That's what I mean. But how do you how do you fix that? It's not going to fix itself before it turns into weak men making hard times, and we're already starting to see that. We don't want more of that. That's what I'm saying. It's, it might not be the answer, but it's an answer, and it's better well, than what I'm hearing from a lot of people, especially intellectuals. They're pushing things down the pike that are they're <laughs> they're worse for our unity. Like I don't know if you've heard of Chat GBT or whatever, but it scares me. Mm -hmm. It's it's AI on the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can ask it. You can ask it to <laughs> write a joke in Mark Norman style. Or you can say, hey, um, write me a term paper on this subject. And within yeah, I know. within a minute, you have <laughs> a paper that's, that was, yeah, sounds like it's, it's written it's, by a professor. It's really scary, but I mean. And it's learning. It's learning. It's getting better. Yeah, that's what I mean, because it's kind of scary, because it, it's not going to be. It's here now, but I mean, it's going to get yeah. so much. I, I don't know. How could it get any more? The things they can do with that. It's going to be just amazing. But, I mean, it's also scary because well, I'll tell you where a lot of bad things, too. I'll tell you where it's going to go, Grandpa. It's going to go to the military. Okay. You think that they don't have it now. China, they're taking all their old jets, right? And they're doing trials by running them, I'm assuming, on an AI system. But they're oh, doing yeah. trials by running them, turning them into drones. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have fighter jets that are drones. Yeah. Okay. So who cares if you want to send those over right. 
Oh, uh, let's send 40 of them. Let's send 40 of them over San Diego. Well, you know what? Before we do that, let's see how many carriers could intercept our, let's call it a flock. Okay. Let's see how many naval carriers the United States has with approximately how many F-22s are on there that could intercept. Okay. They've got seven on that, you know, on that seaboard. Yeah. Okay, now how many do we have dry docked in San Diego? Oh, we got 30? Okay, so let's send 60 of these drones in. What are the odds they're going to shoot down 60? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. now when you put AI technology into those where the AI is making a paper, a term paper on Abe Lincoln, right? <laughs> it could also decipher a flight path. And yeah. it could do the calculations on the maximum G-force that that plane's going to take which means the maximum trajectories it could alter. It could say, okay, it can't turn off this path. It can't turn off that path. So I'm going to throw a volley in this range, mm -hmm. and it's going to turn into him. Because if he goes beyond, let's say, 11 Gs, he's going to be at this angle, which he can't do because he's a person. Uh -huh. So instead of wasting that extra rocket, I'm going to only put seven out there over this, you know, over this oh. span. Yeah. And then, boom, he's gone. Yep. And then, okay, so how many are in the air? We got 15 of them in the air on a pack of 60. How do we alter this? Well, not, now they're talking to each other. You've got drone jets talking. Drone jets. That's <laughs> drone jet, drone jets. <laughs> now you got drone jets talking to each other, right? You got a flock of them. They're communicating. They say, hey, I see this. The first, The first one. It's communicating to the rest of the pack, the flock behind it. Mm -hmm. So if he gets shot down, now you still have location data, trajectory data, atmospheric data, you know? Mm -hmm. Now you know that that occupied jet that shot down your first drone jet is now one, two, three rockets lighter. Mm -hmm. You know how long approximately it's been flying, so you know it's flight time. You've done the research. You know where it's got to go to refuel. You know it's maximum flight time and then it's eventual flight path. That's where this is going. This isn't going to letting high school kids cheat their way out of homework. Uh, yeah. That's the, the least of our worries. The mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Right? right. I, why do you think China hasn't invaded us right now? Well, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because it, they... It, it's, they want to be in a situation where they cannot fail. And exactly. when I get to that point, what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and right now, I can't remember who it was that said it, but I know you've heard the saying that when he was asked, why don't you invade America or something similar, he said, because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. how do you defeat that? <laughs> Well, you start yeah, I mean, fake pages on Facebook. You indoctrinate the college. You send some spies over or you send some sort of propaganda individuals over that are going to work their way into being a professor at Harvard. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to teach is <laughs> communism in a way that we, you don't need guns. You don't need guns. Come on, yeah. that's, the le that's the last thing you need. And then you start putting people in the media. You start putting people in government. And you say, hey, you know what? Every time there's a shooting, 
we're going to blow this up. We're going to make sure that all the country knows so that they fear guns. If we can get them to fear this, they'll disarm themselves, and then we can walk yeah. in. Oh, yeah. I mean, they see the writing on the wall. Like you were saying last time, they're building their army. They're building their military ridiculously fast. Yeah, they are. They're stealing our technology and then implementing it into their military quicker than we are. How how do you how do you defeat that? Yeah, I know. You unify. You it make America great. They surpassed us with our ICBM missiles, you know. So they have more. <laughs> Ridiculous. Know. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then now they've got these uh, hypersonic rockets that they're starting to build quicker than us. That, I mean, I don't know if you know exactly how those work, but most rockets, the ICBMs, for example, intercontinental, right? But you launch it, and it's got a trajectory yeah. that a computer can yeah. calculate where it's going to land and where it's going to be in a certain point of its flight path and intercept it. The yeah. hypersonics, they take random paths. They snake. Yeah. <laughs> that way, one, you can't shoot it down, and it's, but it's, it's, the whole point is for it to be unpredictable, Yeah. right? Yeah. Which does two things. It increases its its effectiveness to about a hundred percent, but it also strikes fear, knowing that you can't defend against it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, which it's fear huge. breeds compliance. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Right. The more fearful you are of something, the more likely you are to be compliant. But then that's also where bravery comes in, is because you can't be brave without fear. If you don't fear something, there is no bravery. It's mm -hmm. it's yeah. just action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that. I don't know. I just see. I, I. I just see us on a path where we need to try and figure something out, and the something isn't isn't even being talked about. Like I said, and it's it's hard for me to sit where I am and say mandatory military engagement, right? Mandatory service, eighteen to twenty-two. That or. You work on your education. Either way, you're going to bolster this country. You're going to start. It's going to take a while, but you're going to start making America great again because you're educating the people that are going to be running businesses, working within the businesses. Then you're also going to be building your military, but at the same time as you're building your military, you're going to be giving. You're going to be giving individuals on both ends because they'll, the people who are going to college are going to have family that's gone through the service, guaranteed. And then you're going to have an appreciation for the service. Again, you're going to have appreciation for the sacrifice, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have appreciation. Let's say, let's look at it from, you know, the soldier side. Mandatory serviceman, 1820. By the time he's out in his four years, he may be looking forward to it. He may hate every second of it. But when he gets out, he's going to know the necessity of it. Oh, yeah. He's going to be an asset because if anything does happen, you've got a trained individual. Even if he goes in as a CEO to run whatever, he's going to have a basic understanding of tactics or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. How to operate a weapon safely, how to move people safely, and hopefully how to move those people that aren't veterans, right? The civilians, the people that you're protecting, even as 
the CEO of a company. You've got a bunch of people within the company that aren't veterans, okay? Hopefully that would make somebody have a plan. Let's, let's develop a plan so that if anything does happen, we have a strategy, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's get these people out of this building through this route. If that route doesn't work, we've got this escape plan, whatever. Yeah. You right. know, just, I mean, and, and you start with one little company <laughs> and then you multiply that by every city and every state across this country. And then before you know it, you've got a great country again. You've got people that are working from within that have never been in the service that appreciate their brother that has been in the service. They've heard the stories. They've gone and visited, right? They've been without him. They talk to him, and they understand his job and how his job is important on the broad scale, even if he's a cook, right? Yeah. You ever heard that an army marches on their stomach? No. They say an army marches on their stomach. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't, not, yeah, yeah, true. You know? Yeah, true. I mean, every... Yeah, I did, you get what you said, so... Yeah, I mean, every... <laughs> and right now, people make fun about cooks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you think the troops are fueled? <laughs> they don't run on diesel. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's not a byproduct of gasoline production. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yep. But. So true. But yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know how we got off on this tangent. I'm going to pause this for a second. Did you want uh, water or something? Uh, you got, you pausing it. All right. Okay, we're back. All right, but you were saying um, that it's never going to work. No, because the culture of the younger generations that's been going on for so long now that they don't feel they have to work anymore or do anything because <laughs> this government will take care of them if they don't work, even if they choose not to work, even if they, uh, <laughs> you know, they just have never had that work ethic most in most of the you know, the younger generation, I mean, you know, just because it, well, partially because the, the older generation didn't, you know, had it make, you know, took care of them for so long, and they just feel like they don't have to take care of themselves. Somebody's going to take care of them. You know, they don't want to work. It's so many. But I mean, it's like, like I said, if the government could, uh, they just assume have the government take, take care of them so they don't have to work. And plenty of them are okay with that their whole lives but yeah that's okay if you want to take care of them but not <laughs> you know if they want to get uh, money housing health care and everything from the government that's all right but it's not free give them you know if they, we can find a job for you if they want to do that you, you shouldn't have to give them money no. Or take care of them without, res you know, responsibility. I mean, you know, you got a job. You want that money to be taken care of? Take care of your family, yourself? Okay. We got a job for you. So. Sh shouldn't be no free money. Well. Unless you are, you know, you're handicapped or mentally or physically, you know, then we have to take, you know, we can take care of you. What I was going to say is, when I said well like that, what I was going to say is the veterans, okay? They come home. Whoop. Jeez. 
Just keep bumping this. They come home after they've done a tour. They've been injured. They're disabled. They may not be able to do anything, right? Well, most people need, need but, to be taken care of, yeah. But what what I was going to get at is they end up at the same place that a lot of people are starting at now where they don't feel a purpose, right? They feel they had a purpose, and a lot of those people, I mean, what's the suicide rate now? Ridiculous oh, yeah. for veterans. You yeah, know? it is. It's really high. And personally, I think a lot of that is because of purpose. People are, like you said, it won't work because they want to get taken care of. They want to take advantage. And that's because they don't have a purpose. If they had a purpose, if they had pride, if they had any sort of self-awareness, right? right? Yeah. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have the immediate um I mean, yeah, if you have any pride in yourself as a person, you'd want to work so you can take care of yourself, your family. But again, what so let me ask you this, son. Let me ask you this. Give me a couple jobs, because I've I've got a couple ideas. You say we can find a job for you. We'll take care of you, right? But let's find a job for you. For example, if you can't, like my job right now, right? I build boats for somebody else. Yeah. I work in a factory setting, ten hour shifts. Okay, five to six days a week, every other Saturday right now. If you have somebody that can't do that physical job. If you have somebody that can't sit down in a computer or on a computer in an office and type code to keep a website up or just file paperwork, right? Answer email, whatever it is, take phone calls. You have people that can't do that. What do you do with them? Because if, in a way, we don't take care of a lot of them depending on their 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 geographic location, which is sad to say because a lot of inner cities, right, have a problem with population but not enough jobs so and a lot of people are raised on welfare they're raised on government benefits so what what type of jobs do you think we could give those people because i've got some ideas i just want to hear what you well geez, i guess uh <laughs> in exchange to take care of them is what i'm saying yeah. i guess wow i yeah i'd have to think about that well, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just got to be <laughs> Let me jobs ask. that are, you know, jobs that they can, they can do that will, <laughs> they can be proud that they're doing it. You know, so they're, uh, they don't have to hate their jobs. I mean, a lot of people do. I mean, you <laughs> well, but, <laughs> but I mean, if they were doing a job they enjoy to do, they wouldn't mind working. I mean, you know, you, so and you could feel better about yourself, and you, and you'd want to. Yeah. You'd want to work. You want to get out of a situation where you wouldn't have to be helped by the government to get by. But you want to make yourself better. Get better than that. But regardless of whether or not they're going to hate the job, like, let me give you an example. Well, better yet, let me paint a picture, and I'll, I'll see if you come to the same kind of conclusion I have, as far as idea that I have. I don't know if you've noticed lately, you drive up and down the highway. Um, every time that there seems to be a holiday, how many ratchet straps and Rubbermaid containers and plastic bags and do you see congregating? Oh, yeah, lots of them. Okay, now once the summer starts to come in, the grass grows up, you don't see that stuff. That's not a solution. 
Right. Yeah. Now that we have two options. One, we could create a local group that goes out every Sunday. We pick a 300-yard section of highway per three people, whatever. We walk up and down. We buy our own fluorescent vests, right? We sure. We adopt a highway in a way, but we just take it under our own. We make it our responsibility that when you drive up and down our section of highway, it's beautiful. Yeah. Or, right, you could make that a job that's not yeah. for prisoners. You say, hey, that's, just, that's fine, but I need you to log 20 hours of community service, and here's a bulletin with jobs, okay? Here's yeah. we, we, We're paying the people to manage you, so if you need transportation out to do this cemetery, for example, pick up trash at this cemetery. If yeah. you need transportation to get out and just do um, welfare checks, right? If you need transportation to go out and, I don't know, we've got these old ladies or these these widows in this community. We've got these old, you know, I don't want to say disabled people, but we've got these old people that it's hard for them to mow their lawn. Why are we having them take their government benefits and pay somebody to do that? They yeah. need their government benefit. That's why they're getting it. Yeah, so, so how right. about we send you out there to mow their lawn? So they can save their government money. We'll pay you. Instead of them paying you with our government money, we'll pay you with it. Right? Yeah. That sounds like... And maybe it's not money. Maybe you get something like a food card. Mm -hmm. Okay? The more community service you do, you want to work overtime, you'd knock 60 hours out this week. Two weeks later, you have four, five, six, eight hundred $800 in food card money. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean... <clears throat> That's just one option, yeah. and I'm sure you can well, think of others. Yeah, this, yeah. River, rivers, <clears throat> waterways. Yeah. Why, why are our waterways being taken advantage of like they are? As far as polluted, right? Drained. I mean, how many people are? I mean, you, you know, every boat ramp it says wash your boat, dry yeah. it, don't just transport it. And how many people pull their boat out, seed we seaweed hanging off the frame mm -hmm. of yeah. the trailer, and they just go to the next lake or they yeah. go home right right <laughs> why don't we have a couple people there that you know like state parks yeah you put a couple people there okay you clearly don't want to wash your boat you've been out on the water all day you're hot you're tired whatever you got a couple people you pull your boat out you pull it into this little lane they have a pressure washer they don't even need to touch your boat mm -hmm. you got one person that washes it down maybe you're putting away the rods and stuff you got a person that's spraying it down and then you know what that does is that betters our waterways. That right, betters yeah. our natural resources. It makes the lake more beautiful because maybe there's a trash bag in your boat that blows out yeah. while you're pulling out of the parking lot and there's somebody there to grab it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. All of these things sound like good ideas to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I like it. I mean, how many times have you dri <laughs> driven up and down the highway? I can't tell you how many times I have where everything will be going great. I'll be talking to Bree or the kids or whatever, listening to music, and then I get distracted because of trash, like coming into Lansing. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yep. You get closer to a big city, disgusting. The oil slicks coming off the on-ramps, right? <laughs> Why isn't there somebody out there working on landscaping, a catch, a catch basin, where maybe you have three feet of stonework on either side, where before it goes into the grass, it goes it drains into the stones. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things that could be done. But and that's, I'm just thinking outdoor jobs. Like, what, yeah. what about the people, you know, that need literally papers shredded? Simple, right? Yeah. Here's this bin of papers, Jarrell. Okay? They're, when you go to this company, they're going to have this bin of papers that needs, instead of having waste management or whoever, Granger do the recycling on it, you walk around, okay? You grab all that, those recycling bins, and then you bring them to the processing plant. Instead of having to have that company charge Roger for his waste man, and then instead of having to have them raise the prices because it costs more and more for fuel for them to drive that second vehicle around, not only getting trash but now recycling, how about we pay for that? Because it's going to benefit us all. There's not going to be as much plastic in the road. There's not going to be as much plastic in our water, including the ocean. Yeah. You know? Yep. If we do that every other day, every couple of days, with a van or whatever, you got people on a little circuit, they got a trailer behind them. Now you're not having people that fill up their recycling bin and then start throwing stuff in the trash because yep. their bin's full or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's options. You put somebody at the gun range. Their job is to pick up brass. I don't care, you know? There's s stuff we can do. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's too easy. It's co common sense, but I don't know. No, nobody wants to. <laughs> oh, the common sense is gone now, I think, in our country. From I don't know. There's, people want to make it too complicated. It's definitely not common. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is not common. Yeah. Yeah. One second here. I was going to pull something up. I had a couple things. I had, uh, as far as ideas, just to talk to you about, written down, because um, it, it more, more of personal things, like with you, because, you know, you got great ideas. I think you got a good out, outlook, you know. There's always things that we can find. Not necessarily flaws, but maybe some things that could be, uh, have shadows cast here or there or whatever, you know. But I got a couple things to ask you about because you grew up, you were born in 44, right? Right. So you grew up through the 50s, 60s. So just the best time. That's why I feel so <laughs> blessed. Yeah. And I don't. I, I don't wish, disagree. Uh, There's only disagree. one thing that you know. I think my time was great for me, but you know, sometimes they say the greatest generation was. You know, I don't know those. Before the, you know, the World War Two. All those young men went into you know enlisted in the service. That was the greatest generation. You know, of yeah. men. Yeah. But yes. as far as for. <laughs> Most anybody else, I think I was born at the perfect time in our history. Well, grew up with the rock and roll, hot rod, you know, the '60s, hot cars. And man, I was, you know, it's so different. It's it's impossible for anybody to understand. They didn't go through it, the rock and roll era. But I could see, up when I was, that probably started uh, around it, maybe middle 1950s. And at that point, I was 10, 11 years old. That's just when people start getting interested in music. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I was kind of born 
into that time where it's just, just, it kind of took off when I was just at my young age and where I just was so interested in music at that time. Because what's one other thing about music is that at our time, you know, this is so different for the younger generation now. It's not just about the music. It's just that <laughs> the generation now that have, uh, you know, all the technology they have now, mm-hmm. music was so much more important to, to our generation than, you know, it is to probably anybody's that I can, re- that I believe that, you know, it was just such a big change in music. I agree. From the <laughs> you know, I, I agree for a couple different reasons. Well, I, I can remember when the, you know, like it was on a Saturday night, you know, there was some kind of a program that, you know, my mother and dad always watched, some kind of a singing program that had the same singers on. I kind of remember the name of a couple of them. <laughs> there was two or three guys and women, and, and I don't know. But they would always sing all the popular songs at that time, you know, and I was like, man, like, how much is that doggy in the window or something like that, you know? <laughs> That was the kind of music, that we, you know, that was available to everybody at that point, you know. Then we just yeah. all of a sudden here, see, you know, Elvis and all the rock, early rock and rollers, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, and all the early country singers. Yeah, it was it was amazing, just absolutely amazing, and people just went crazy over the music. Yeah. Well, so coming up in that time, I guess you could answer this question pretty pretty accurate because you were in it what was the turning point do you think like was it um i mean this is just a guess but was it like the introduction of electricity to the guitar was it you know like what you know what i mean like what what do you think it was that took because it seems like it almost had i mean of course looking back in time it always is going to seem like it happened overnight but living through it did it take a year? Was it months? Was it a couple of years? Like, well, I, it's looking back. It's kind of, you know, it took off quite fast. But I mean, you know, once we, it was being trying to be held back by you know because they didn't older generation didn't like that kind of music. They didn't want to see hmm. the gyrations from anybody. Like when they had Elvis with on TV, they wouldn't ever show him. You know, from the waist down and stuff like that. It, you know, that was much <laughs> different because you didn't want to sexualize. You know, they, yeah, so they were, you know, they called it I don't know, it's devil's music and I don't all kinds of things. You know, because they they all hated it because I guess maybe that was one of the reasons we all loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was kind of a rebellious thing or something. Maybe you know, we finally got something for our own. You know, we didn't have to listen to our the music of the the older generation that they didn't. Well, you know, that was all good music, too, for them, but it was completely different. And actually, I think, you know, as time, as the rock era kind of progressed, I think a lot of the older generation kind of jumped on, too. You know, they loved it after a while. You know, they, at first, of course, it was, like you said, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, the devil's music or something. You can't watch that <laughs> or listen to that music and stuff, you know, because I don't know, it was so different. But, but the music was so good, I said, you know, they just, took over i mean he couldn't deny it everybody loved it well like you said though one of the the key takeaways i just got out of that is you said um it was our own yeah you know yeah, we had it wasn't inherited music. yeah yeah i mean and then it was 
uh, you know, you just couldn't wait for, you know, the, every time the new music, somebody like him, I guess he, just by saying, pointing out one singer, I mean, you know, Elvis, he was kind of the king of rock and roll, but I mean, it was a lot of stuff, but you do the same thing, but they put out a single, most of the time they'd have a, one single would come out, and that's what you'd hear, you know, everybody would wait, you know, every, it sometimes it'd be two or three months, and everybody hear that first song, hey, boo, man, Elvis got a new song out, and everybody would go crazy trying to find that on the radio, you know, then, then you buy 45, it was all singles, Yeah. you know, so that's how they, Music wasn't when you was, you know younger. You buy every album was the best, greatest yeah. hits. <laughs> yeah, so she didn't buy albums or CDs or it's like you do an hour. You know, it's it was a little forty-five. You know, you put them on the old <laughs> phonographs. You know, it was play them one at a time. You know, stack them up on top of each other. Play one forty-five at a time. You know, like the old jukeboxes, basically. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, I mean the whole thing was like you know everybody got. The dancing started out, you know, all the dancing changed, and the music changed, all the dancing, everything. And uh, I don't know, it's, it just changed everything. Well, changed the way people dressed, the way they look, you know, the, all the, you know. The cars? All the cars? All the oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Not the bands. I mean, the cars, but, what, but I, I mean, you know, the 60s, uh, it was, that's what it was. Everybody uh, had the muscle cars during the 60s. Muscle cars and rock and roll music, you know, that was that was the life when you, you know, that was great. I mean, it's a lot of places have changed. I mean, you know, people just drive around, just roll one window down to your convertible, something you blast your music, you just cruise and roll real slow, you know, and that's what people did, you know, just uh, that was entertainment, I and mean, that's what you did for just, you know, you didn't have to do anything else. Just ride around, listen to your music, and race cars. <laughs> Talk. Yeah, yeah, I know. You can face to face. Everybody, yeah, I mean, you knew everybody, knew everybody else, and I mean, you know, you you see somebody, you stop and talk, you know, or you stop and race, see somebody. <laughs> well, not everybody like to have hot cars, hot cars, and hot hot music. So let let me ask you this then: What were the? Because uh, I'm seeing a lot of in my mind while you're talking. I'm seeing like a lot of uh, like famous clips in Hollywood, right, where you got a couple guys with their hair slicked back, varsity jackets, convertible oh, yeah. music cranking. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I got to wonder, like, what was, so the fight scene, the rumbles, right? Yeah. Was that kind of like it's depicted, too, where you got crews of guys or where it's like, you know, one-on-one -on -one over a girl? Like, what, as far as well, what you... That wasn't a big thing, I think. I mean, yeah, you know, that was more of a... Like a Hollywood thing, you know. I mean, yeah, it did happen. Switchblades. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that kind of stuff. It was more of a, <laughs> I don't know, there was, wasn't much of that going on, I don't think. It's more like everybody was getting along, and everybody enjoyed that music so much, and, you know, just, it was all friends. <laughs> so. It wasn't like you have gangs against each other, nothing yeah. like that, but. Yeah, nothing like the greasers versus the yeah, preps, no, no, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not where I, in my area where I grew up. Maybe it wasn't the big cities. Right, right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Regionally, we we can only speak for, you yeah. know. So okay, so then what was uh, let's say up until your thirties. Let's well, uh, let's divide it half and half. So up until your forties, what was your favorite genre of music? Oh man. I kept changing all the time. 
Well, then give me a couple. What were your favorite genres? <laughs> like old country. That was part of it. Once you, know, I, you know, you say old country. You know, I, I guess some of that when I was you know that music scene, it was some of it was still started out with old country, but a lot of that old country. I like now was like it was new country at that point, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, but I still really like that. But I think yeah, that's a good perspective. But I mean, I was it, it, mostly it was in the rock and roll stuff, you know, for a long time. You know, then I got into the country music more, then back and forth. Then I got back to the rock and music. You know, then I don't know. I guess you could say that. Oh man, I was probably sometimes I even like folk music there for a little while. Okay. I mean, not, I wouldn't say that would have been my favorite at that time, but like you know. Appalachia type folk yeah. or like yeah. <laughs> polka type folk. Well, I, I wouldn't say polka. No, I never was into that. I even know Carolyn was a Polish, <laughs> like banjos and stuff type of uh, folk. Yeah, yeah. You know, things yep. like that. You know, I, but, I still like folk, like Doc Boggs. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's good stuff. I like blues music. I got into that, but that was later in my life. But that and then I 40s? realized a lot of that rock and roll music, that's where it came from, mm-hmm. that old blues music. For, a lot of the gospel music was originated. I mean, it was turned out to be <laughs> rock and roll music. It came from a lot of old gospel music, you know, that was... Yeah, just rewritten songs. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, for years, and I didn't know that I'd hear a lot of songs about, you know, like, Somebody, then I hear it by somebody else. I found out that's where it came from. You know, so when I started listening to blues music, a lot of that blues music was, <laughs> you know, it turned into rock and roll music. Well, the rock and roll singers said we used to, you know, sing all those songs. Take over, you know, that I always thought that was all original rock and roll music, but it actually came from the, the blues generation. I mean, of course, it's always been blues, but I mean, right. the early generation. So what, um, Give me a couple of favorite artists or some that just pop off the top of your head, whether it's blues. Well, let, let's focus on blues first. Blues? Yeah, favorite favorite couple of blues artists. Well, <laughs> geez, I got so many. I don't know. I'll just go with uh, John Lee Hooker. <laughs> okay. That's one. Yep. Uh, I love him. And then I don't know there's so many. But, you know, there's a lot of blues music. It's not necessarily, I mean, a lot of rock and roll singers sing blues music too. So it's. It's not rock and roll, it's blues, but by rock and roll singers. So that, I like a lot of that stuff, too. So. Okay, so like a lot of B.B. King type stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, okay. So you got a favorite song that pops into your head? Huh. <laughs> or a couple? I know it's hard to pick one, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, I don't know. I was thinking the uh, first thing I thought of when you said, I don't know why, but I was just thinking of uh What is that? I'm trying to think. You ever Hound Dog is not not by Elvis, but by uh, Big Mama Thornton. <laughs> That's a good song. Junkyard Dog, or huh? you, you ain't nothing but a hound dog, or the Junkyard Dog song. No, just Hound Dog. Okay, it's it's the same kind. It's the same song, but I mean, it's like by Big Mama Thornton. That's where it all came from, I believe. That's the original song. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, if you've never heard it, you want to try it. Yep, no, it I can't right off the top of my head. I know I've you probably heard it. I've heard several, several versions of it, but I can't put my finger on which is, you know. Manish Boy, you know, so it's a good song. 
I got I don't know where my mind is going. I got so many <laughs> blues singers that I really like. Oh, yeah, I, but I got later in my life, you know, I started listening to that. I started really enjoyed it. So like who did uh, uh who did you really get into? You know, I know there's a lot that probably have one two hit wonders that stick out, but like who like give me a couple artists that you you know, would buy the albums and Oh, continuously by the L, you know, a couple oh, well, you know, artists well, you were fans of, you know, <laughs> like Rolling Stones. I know yeah, you Yeah, I love the Rolling Stones, best rock band ever. They're up there. Yeah. Top five for sure. What's up? I said top five for sure. Top three, oh, yeah, I would say, top, for sure, first, of all time. Number one to me, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, in my mind, that's the best. But I mean, oh, I like the Eagles. That was a good group. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about individuals, you said, the ones I... But a lot of them, I mean, would, well, obviously, I got to start with uh, Elvis, you know, because he was a, yep. the first one that really influenced me. And he was kind of the king of rock and roll. But, I mean, you know, then it was, uh, <laughs> well. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, yeah. Little Richard. Oh, Little <laughs> Jerry Richard. Jerry Lee Lewis. Fats Domino. Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. Man. I got Great balls of fire. Oh, yeah. And then, uh. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, then I like a lot of the other guys, you know, like, oh, there was a lot of country singers, but I like, oh, geez, a lot of country. I like, I've always liked Hank Williams Jr. Okay. My favorite, you know, then Waylon. Waylon Jennings? Oh, then there's George Jones, the best, I guess. Carolyn's favorite. And there's a lot of good country groups, and a lot of good country singers, women singers, too, so, you know. A lot of the old ones are really good. I, I'm more interested. In, I listen a lot of more of the old country than I do the new yeah. country. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just like it better. For, but there's a lot of good young country singers too. So, uh, yeah. There's a lot of. To me, it's mixed. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but there's a lot of pop music that's past as country, Hollywood country, is what I call it. People that have never. Uh, let me put it this way. People that maybe are screenwriters or people that are songwriters, right? They have an idea of what country is, and that's what these songs are now. It's a lot about, it's not about life as much as it is about what you do. Like, oh, you know, we'll drop the tailgate, and, you know, they're throwing in witty things like, you know, uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but, you know, like a tailgate date, you know, just that type stuff where it's like, okay. Oh. There's a lot more than just saying a line, you know, like li- <laughs> like the crickets, you yeah. know, oh, like yeah. there's a lot more than just saying country stuff. Like the song, to me, it tells a story. You can't just be like, you know, hop up in my truck and let's go, you know, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> you know, when I hear these songs, I hear a lot of pop influence in the instrumentals, the music. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not one different. It's so different. I mean, you know, I still like some of that, so, but not all of it. Like, like I said, that's kind of the reason I, d- I like the old music, because I like almost all of the old music. It's emotional. And it's, yeah, and some of the new stuff is okay, but then, you know, you don't, I can't listen to a lot of it, because I don't like a lot of it, you know, and, and so I kind of, but sends me back to the old stuff, so I can just listen to that all the time, and I'm, I don't, it's all good. <laughs> There's something out now, it's, yeah, maybe five, eight years it's kind of been building, but it's officially its own, its own genre, hick hop. 
right? Yeah. It's like country rap, <laughs> right? Huh? And there's one or two good artists, but at the same time, it's not country. No. You, you can't rap about beating someone's butt because you're a corn-fried country boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then peeling off in your truck, you know? Yeah. It's like spit and chew out the window. It's like, that's not... Tell me a story that's, you know, <laughs> right. like, uh, yeah. don't take the girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a story. Yeah. That's an emotional... Whiskey lullaby. It's a great emotional story. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, yeah. <laughs> True. There's... It's on the tip of my tongue. There's there's another couple I was going to use an ex- as an example, but so do you, do you have a uh, favorite guitarist or favorite five top five guitarists? Just lost one, Jeff Beck. Yeah, yes, we did. Well, I mean, you know, then there was a Jeff Beck was amazing. He was amazing. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yep. Jimi Hendrix. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of them. Gal, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Eric Clapton, I know he's up there for you. Who's that? Eric Clapton. Oh, yeah, Eric Clapton. Boy, I almost forgot. Yeah, he's yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's a great guitar player. Wow. Yep. Bluesy. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. Make See, that. another one of those blues artists that I like. You know, and it's not like, you know, you, you think about blues music. It's like... You know, it's not all <laughs> that traditional type blues. This, you know, Eric Clapton sings a lot of his blues. His music is blues music, and it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people know him for cocaine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just some of those songs. Yeah, you can make the yeah, guitar just about talk. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh man. The emotion in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. You probably haven't heard much of him, but John Mayer. He's oh, yeah, I he's know John Mayer. He's an underrated guitarist. Yeah. My God, that dude can make a guitar talk too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, BB King. We were already talking yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, BB King. Chuck Berry. Oh he, yeah. Chuck to me, Berry. he's one of the best of all times because yeah. he was doing it early. And oh yeah, he was good too, man. He was really good with he, that. And he was a performance artist. Yeah. He was doing what do you oh, call it? Yeah. The duck walk. Yeah, the duck walk. He he would perform. Yeah, While was, he was playing, he wasn't just in one spot on a chair shredding right. or walking yeah, around the yeah. stage. He was dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could move without and play that guitar at the same time. But yeah, he was good. Crazy. Was great entertainment. And then you also got to come up or live through the air where you had the speedy evolution of guitarists like uh, Van Halen. Yeah. Right? You know, you had Eddie and... yeah. Even Saul Hudson, you got Slash for Guns N' Roses, and yeah, that type of stuff. But um, to me, it's just you're right. You came up in probably well, the best time. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, I kind of started off with the best, so everything else, you know, is kind of time went by there. You know, it's like you start out with the best. It's like usually, you know, you get better in all the time with those different things like that, but. When you start out on top, yeah. everything else is like, oh, you know, it's okay, but not as good. It's just, you know, the way I started listening to rock and roll music, I started out with the best. Well, I mean, you got to see the foundation get laid. Well, yeah. And then, yeah, it's true. I mean, you, you know, know, 
Well, the music, I won't say the music didn't get better because the music got better because, well, kind of like the technology and stuff. You know, when we first started that music, it wasn't like <laughs> No. <laughs> it was so different. But, I mean, so they could do so many things with the technology and music later on in time, you know, those years. But Once Jimi Hendrix found a pedal, you know what I mean, <laughs> and he could make those yeah. noises that sound like oh, laser geez. guns, you know, yeah. and just yeah, I know. <laughs> hit the wah pedal or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. That wasn't early 50s and 60s, you know, that stuff wasn't really available. <laughs> no. But, I mean, even Janis Joplin, you know, just the vocals. Oh, yeah. The vocals oh, evolved Janice, over yeah. time. And oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, she was great. Too bad the drugs kind of did her in. Her and Jimmy. Yeah. Yep. Her and Jimmy. I think Jimmy actually uh, choked on his own vomits how he died. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the two. Maybe both of them. <laughs> if I had internet service, that's something I'd Google right now just so I could <laughs> get that story straight. But, yeah, that's um, <clears throat> but that's part of the culture. That's part of the, that's part of the artistry. You know, that's part of the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's part of the influence that goes into it, you know. That's part of the energy that comes out of it. It's part of the equation. Unfortunately, there's a sliding spectrum again. You have the very low end and the very high end where you got some people that throttle it, right? They're running at the high end, maybe to their own detriment where they can't perform, but then ultimately it does them in. And yeah. then you have people at the ultimate low end that don't touch the stuff, that would be more fun with it, have more energy with it, have more creativity, but they yeah. just don't grow. You know, they may be on the scene for a couple of years, but they don't stand the test of time. They don't evolve with the culture because they're not part of the cult. I mean, they are for that time, but they're not in the drug scene, so they're not evolving with yeah. the culture. You know, in a way, they're looking at it. They're not in it. Right. You yeah. know, I know you've heard the saying. Uh, a man can never stand in the same river twice because yeah. he's not the same and the river's not the same the second time. Yeah. He's changed and the river's changed. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how I look at the at culture, right? If you're in it, you're in it. Mm -hmm. But the second you get out, you're not the same and the culture's not the same when you get back in. Yeah. You know? I know it changes. Everything changes so fast. So fast, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're not changing. If you're not in it, right. If yep. you're not in it. You know, you could be standing in that river with the sand bottom and yep. the river's taking the sand out underneath your feet, but you're still in the culture. You know, you're still experiencing it and you're adjusting with it. Maybe you need to take a step upstream or downstream <laughs> yeah. so that you keep your head above water, but you're in it, you know, and you've gone through that. But again, the second you step on that shore and you're just looking at it, you don't have even you you can even lose the appreciation for it like for example you get a, you know you don't go to uh stand in the river for a couple of years like for, let's say trout fishing right oh, yeah. you get up there you step in the river and one of the first thoughts i always have is wow like up there this current does nothing yeah and then you step in it and you're like holy crap i forgot what this current's like <laughs> yeah. you know I forgot what it's like. I wade out into the waves of Lake Michigan or Superior, 
And the first thing I think is, wow, it's 70, 80, 90 degrees out here, and this lake is freezing. <laughs> and then a wave hits you, and you're like, wow, <laughs> that wave probably weighed 6,000 pounds <laughs> over this 10-foot, all yeah. that water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and only a two-foot-wide section broke over me, but about knocked me on my butt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or you're walking out, and you forget that it's a stony bottom. And your feet hurt because you didn't wear your water shoes because you weren't, you know, it's been so long. But, yeah, I just, that's just kind of how I look at culture. Like, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, if there ain't no justice, then there ain't no peace, right? Uh-huh. And that's kind of how I look at culture, right? There's always going to be some things that slip through the cracks, whatever. Just yeah. like the river. You get out... You're not evolving with it, but that's the same with the justice thing, right? Not even social justice. Like, it's not up to you. It's up to the group of people. It's up to everybody around you. And right now, with what's happening, like we were saying earlier, you got people trying to cancel other people for saying something that hurt their feelings. That's not justice. They may think it's social justice, but it's not. And what's it causing? It's not causing peace. Right. You know? Yeah. Like the whole Bill Cosby thing. Why is he out? Right? <laughs> there's no there's no justice there, so where's the peace? Yeah. You know? Right. You can't talk about him. He's got to go silent because mm-hmm. there would, uh, the only way for there to be any sort of peace is to ignore the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Epstein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? What happened there? <laughs> what about Ghislaine Maxwell? Where is she at? Right? Yeah. You can't talk about it. They right. hide it. They throw other things at you because mm-hmm. the second you start to realize there's no justice there, there's no peace. You realize there's no peace. Mm-hmm. Nobody's had closure, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. ridiculous. Sure. The Clinton kill count. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all these things, which I don't know what got me off on that. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about culture and, like, the evolution of it. So what uh, movies? What kind of movies were you, uh, like, I know you went through an evolution of movies, so just uh, give me a couple of your favorites. Like, I know they, they weren't silent back in the day, but what, you <laughs> no, know what I mean? But it was the early. Well, I mean, you're going way back there. I don't know. I was thinking ones not that long ago. That you, one of my favorite movies, I guess, was Gladiator. I've always loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's a good uh, one. I, when I was younger, I guess, you know, there was a lot of Western movies. When I was really young, that's, that was kind of a big thing, you know, kind of grow up like a, well, there's a lot of Westerns. He was on TV. There was Western, you know, sitcoms or whatever you want to call them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a thing, you know. It was so I always wanted to have a little, you know, Christmas time. I always wanted a cap gun or a holster or something you know, so I could be a cowboy. Cowboy hat. Yeah, cowboy hat. <laughs> Hello, I remember shooting my cap guns, you know. Well, I thought it was pretty cool. Like <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah, probably like, you know, Lone Ranger or yep. Durango Kid or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lash LaRue. There was a lot of there was a lot of old cowboys that I can remember, you know. Yeah, that was that was a big thing. Uh, that's, that's a good point. There was there was a lot of and I guess I kind of knew that, that there was a lot of Western, uh, yeah, <laughs> Western themed shows and movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, probably when you were younger. Right. 
But what did that kind of evolve into? Did that evolve? Because from my perspective, that kind of evolved into like the gangster scene, right? With Al Capone yeah. and yeah, it kind of went that way for a while. It kind of you know, yeah, that was kind of a cultural thing there for a while. The all the gangster movies, because well, because that was going on, you know, during the mm-hmm. all the, <laughs> the mob areas and <laughs> around Chicago and stuff. You know, well, all around the big cities, you know, the that was quite a, you know, that went on for quite a long time, so there was a lot of movies made about that. <laughs> so those, there was a lot of good movies involved in that, too, so, you know, I remember there was a lot of them, you know, the, the Untouchables, and I don't know, there was <laughs> all the, well, there's so many movies, I can't really remember them, I've probably seen all of them, you know, so, about Al Capone and... Casino. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a, a few favorites you can you can give me, like uh, off the top of your head, maybe a western or two, one of your favorite western movies or even TV show? I know you can get a lot of them on DVD set now, like <laughs> like the Wells Fargo Chronicles or whatever. Uh, I can still remember a movie I like. It was it just Shane was the name of it. You know, it's just that was his name. It's like Shane. Shane, yeah, that was an old movie though. But I mean. I like that movie pretty well, but uh, well, one of the old, one of my favorite Western movies was. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute, let me think about it. <laughs> oh man, I was gonna tell you, and I kind of tip my tongue, the tongue. I'll think about it in a second. Well, that you help me. Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> hold was, on. I I know I can see the cover, one of the covers. Oh man, that's that's crazy. That's gonna bug me. <laughs> it's gonna bug me. Yeah, me too. I'm driving me crazy right now. Shot me in the butt. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Blazing you know? saddles. Yep, that's it. Boom, got it. Got yeah, it. Wasn't really, a, <laughs> wasn't really a western movie. It was more of a no, a but it was, <laughs> I mean, it was a funny movie. Yeah, it was a good one. That that, that was a good one. Uh, there was a lot of good Western movies, but I don't know. You know Anything Mel Brooks is pretty good, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's a funny guy. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites is Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk, too. He's he's throwing all sorts of puns in his Teslas. Like, one of his new Tesla models you can get, it's called, the I think, the Model S Plaid. Oh, really? Because it <laughs> goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, so it's like... Yeah, for when they going hit, into the Plaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Winnebago. It's going into play. Yeah, the Winnebago. <laughs> we've never been there before. Yeah, we've never been there before. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. <laughs> I just watched. I just well, I just watched a movie the other day, Mel Brooks movie. I don't know if you ever seen that one, but uh, okay, wait a minute. Frankenstein, the young Frankenstein. You ever see that one? I have seen it. I think I've watched it with you, actually. I don't know oh, if I've seen the whole thing, but I, I have seen it, yeah. Yep. It was, you know, it's kind of the same thing, those Mel Brooks movies. I've seen some of it, at least. I won't say yeah. I've seen all of it, but yeah, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> Gene Wilder was Dr. Frankenstein. Fra- yeah, <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein, that's right. Yeah. They were calling him Dr. <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. back when you could throw Jew jokes out there and not get... Uh, yeah. You know, because it was funny. Yeah. Back when it was funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Back when America a, had a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, that that reminds me of that. You know, that was just a parody of all those horror movies. But there was a parody there where those those were really popular too for a long time. You know, those the parody genre. Yeah, you know, well, mostly about horror movies. You know, I mean, uh, you know, those scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was that was quite a thing. House on a Haunted Hill. I remember that one. That was a pretty scary movie. House yeah, there were some famous old actors in, you know, like, you know, scary movies. Oh, geez. Boris Karloff was one, you know. He was in a lot of those movies. <laughs> and, dang, I don't know. Yeah, some of those are pretty good. But, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of movies in a while, so. Airplane, you know. Oh, yeah, Airplane. <laughs> Oh, that, there's a lot of those parody movies that find yep. uh, those are those Shirley. Are, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even uh, uh, what's the one with Charlie Sheen? The baseball oh. theme there. Oh yeah, Major League. Major League. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, good series. I like the Major League series. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was really good in that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know what? I don't know how you feel about Charlie Sheen, but I still, I still love Charlie Sheen for a couple <laughs> well, reasons. I, one, he did it right. Hell yeah, he did it. He wanted to be the highest paid actor, and what he do? <laughs> yeah, he became the highest paid actor. Yeah. Two, he didn't let anybody tell him what or what he wasn't gonna do. Yeah. Right. Now, I what I don't like is a little bit of the arrogance and the ego in it. Right. But at the same time, I admire it because. Yeah, he was him, right? Just yeah. like I love Prince. I love Prince because he didn't care. Uh-huh. Prince, one of the best guitarists of all time. Yeah, he was great too. You know, but he didn't care what people thought of him. He was him. You know. By the way, huh? It's interrupt you there, but it must be where your daughter got that. She loves Prince. She's always playing. <laughs> that. She's always, that's all she wants to play when she's on my phone. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, every Friday, which actually tomorrow is Prince Friday. Oh yeah. The last. About two years, every Friday, I listen to Prince all day. Oh, yeah? Yep. I call it Prince Friday because uh, it's, I mean, to the point that everybody at work, they come up to me on Prince Friday, and they're like, Prince Friday? Pointing, <laughs> at, the, pointing yeah. at my earbuds, you know, it's like, yep. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, every uh, every Friday, and, and that's that's the thing, you know, is there's there's an appreciation there because... One, he was a mixed kid, mixed guy, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and he grew up in an era where he was a little more judged and oppressed on his color and in a region. I mean, he grew up in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but two, he, his entire first album, he played every instrument. Like 20, he could play 27 instruments professionally. Huh, yeah. Right? With the guitar and the piano as his specialties. Mm-hmm. But also, same as Charlie Sheen. May there may have been some arrogance, but he for the most part was from what I can tell anything I've ever read on him, extremely nice. Yeah. Humble. You know, when people yeah. told him he was great, he like really? Thanks, you know? Yeah. Not good enough for me. Right. But he took care of those around him. I mean he had his own <laughs> he he <laughs> He had his own wardrobe department in his house. 
<laughs> he had his own recording studio in his house. Oh, yep. <coughs> Excuse me. So if he woke up at 3 a.m. with a song idea, yeah. he had somebody on staff that he paid <laughs> on shifts, obviously. Yeah. Whoever it was, he went down there. He said, hey, cue it up. You know, and then he'd go in there, record wherever he wanted to record, and then go back to bed or whatever, <laughs> right? But yeah. if he had a clothing design idea, he gave it to someone, they made him a wardrobe. Or they'd bring him stuff. They would draw stuff up, say, hey, what do you think? And, you know, he didn't care about people thinking he was gay or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was nailing more women than everybody that was calling him gay, you yeah. know? And that's the thing is he was him. You know, he right. didn't care if he was on stage in high heels, without a shirt, wearing mascara, whatever. Huh. If he felt like doing it, he did it. And it didn't matter his reason. If he wanted to do it, he did it. Yeah. And at the end of the night, more often than not, he was taking a woman home. <laughs> right. Whether he was dating one or not. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't because they were attracted to his high heels or him dancing around feminine like or whatever him being shirtless or his the way he did his mascara it was because of his confidence he said this is me you know i'm not gonna hide as a matter of fact it's what makes me great and that's kind of what i admire at him like he was short okay i get it yeah but i don't judge on that i don't judge because (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't judge because he permed his hair you know i don't judge because sometimes he was more feminine in his mannerisms than masculine i don't care like what i care about is the art and then secondarily i care about the authenticity yeah and i mean look at michael jackson if he would have been authentic from the beginning he would have been a completely different artist yeah you know and i feel like fame tweaked him a little bit but how do how do you go from black to white (laughs) and still create the same type of genre of music right yeah i mean to me there was some authenticity up until a point Mm -hmm. you know and I think that point was early 2000s, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the last little bit of his life, the fame got to him. I mean, he wasn't making new music unless it was like a collaboration. But even when he was performing his older stuff, it seemed like there was a disconnect, you know? Like the, like the authenticity was gone. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's kind of what I admire in Prince. And I'm... I'm yeah. I'm kind of glad that Kia takes that away because, you know, she's <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, on Prince Friday when I have her, we'll watch uh, Friday or Saturday, depending on how much I listen to after work on Friday. Saturday, sometimes I roll over, but I do live Prince on Saturday. If I'm going to listen to Prince, it's all live on Saturday. I don't listen to any studio stuff, right? Okay. And it's not all day, but yeah. we'll watch videos of like concerts. And she'll be like, <laughs> What is he wearing? <laughs> like one, he does um, play that funky music, White Boy, yeah. and it's amazing. But he's wearing like furry socks, oh, yeah. you know, and heels, uh-huh. and he's kind of glammed up. Yeah. But he plays his guitar, yeah, and then he plays a bass. And I'm pointing at his stage, you know, that's shaped like the Prince symbol. Yeah. And I'm like, Kia, watch this, watch this. Every point that he stops, he's got pedals. She's <laughs> like, What do those pedals do? Right, yeah. and like, well, they changed the noise of his guitar. Mm-hmm. So then now she's watching him walk up and you know take a solo and then like a bass solo, for example, and then he'll start throwing funk in it. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. And she's like, oh, is that, oh, he's using the pedal, you know? <laughs> and then it, it goes from what is he wearing to what is he doing. Yeah. And one of her favorite songs, Artificial Cage, or Artificial Age, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the song, I think, is actually called Artificial Cage, but it's on the album Artificial Age. It's confusing. But anyway, that album, he kind of did as like a parody to modern-day pop and rock, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he yeah. takes, he puts his spin on it. He puts a little pop background in it, but then he just throws stupid lyrics out there, like they're throwing out now. But he makes them good, you know. His his lyrical flow, he kind of does it the same, but he does it in a parody. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and it, it's just, it's amazing because, <laughs> you know, she, to her it's pop music. Yeah, but to me. I understand the story behind it, and it, it, it's it's um not its motivation, but like it's it's creative thought, you know. And then just the fact that she enjoys it for the pop, I can enjoy it for the parody, yeah. you know. And it even though it's two different angles we're looking at it, we enjoy it, yeah. you know, together. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and that's the thing is like I feel like a lot of people that don't acknowledge his greatness it's because they i mean they could just not like the music right but you can't acknowledge that he wasn't one of the greatest guitarists of all time yeah and then if you're going to tell me i'm not going to listen to him because he danced around like a girl or whatever <laughs> then i gotta wonder how comfortable you are yeah, right? are right. you are you comfortable with yourself yeah because if true. you can't sit and listen to a prince song alone without being uncomfortable <laughs> Right, you should yeah. be able to listen to any song, right? And you could, should be able to watch any video to an extent. Obviously, on the video of beheading, you should get uncomfortable, but for the most part, you should be confident enough in yourself to know that hey, this isn't going to influence me to to start talking in a high pitch <laughs> or start wearing high heels. Yeah, but I'm listening to it for <laughs> yeah the creative ability. You know? Right? Yeah. That, like that, you, you mentioned, Little Richard earlier. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? What mm. was that? I mean, he kind of did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, I love Little Richard, but yeah. But no, I, I yeah, I didn't. Prince, you got me going on Prince because <laughs> <laughs> I do every Friday, and that's tomorrow. Uh-huh. So okay, well, we will be having a Prince Friday tomorrow. But <laughs> I don't know how much longer you want to keep uh, chatting here, but. I don't know what uh, it's quarter after nine. I don't know what what you got going. Well, well, not I don't know, not a lot going on, I guess. But well, you, you want to give it another fifteen? I got a couple more questions to ask you, and I'll let you dig in. Well, I don't care. It's up to you if you want to say that. No, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, if you're if you're cleared hot, I'm cleared hot. If what? If you're cleared hot, I'm cleared hot. Okay. I got time. Okay. So, <clears throat> rough transition, but um, so we've talked about some of your enjoyments, right? Some of the things that not just culturally you enjoyed, but um, vacation, stuff like that. Yeah. So what are some of your, uh, some of your fears? My fears? Yep. Like personal fears, social fears societal fears whatever you choose wow 
like spiders, you know, for <laughs> oh, example, something like that, or you well, know, I guess... nuked, getting nuked by Russia. What whatever pops well, yeah, into your well, mind. I guess I was, yeah. Um, I do have a fear of our country, China. I have a fear of China. I mean, we went through that, but it kind of scares me. So I, I, I don't think we're, you know, we're. <laughs> Preparing for what I think China has uh, ambitions to kind of be the most powerful country in the world, and whatever that takes, I don't know. We could be in a conflict that could cause us a lot of damage. I mean, we could be in big trouble. I mean, that scares me because I mean, I hate to see like, anything happen to anything bad happen in this country. You know, for all the younger generation, I mean, it's need to be, we need to protect our country. It, that scares yeah. me. Well, I don't think we are is doing what we need to be done. So, but other than, uh, you know, that's kind of a heavy subject. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that. <laughs> no, but it's a valid fear, too. It's not something just to. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't play it off as, ah, it's kind of heavy. No, it's. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's something to everybody should have on their radar, in my opinion. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think so. But I mean, you know. Everybody. I'm talking. You, you're talking about some things I'm afraid of. I got a mouse running around my house. There's a mouse in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he goes at night, but he might be in my bed some morning when I wake up. I don't know, but he, I don't know how he got in here, but. So are you scared of the mouse or the no, fact that a, you haven't caught him in a couple days? I haven't, yeah, I haven't caught him. More scared of your abilities to catch yeah, the mouse. Yeah, I need to, <laughs> he's starting to get on my nerves, so I need, he's, he's winning. I kind of, I want to win this. So he's outsmarted me so far, but sooner or later, I'm going to win. Well, that's what we call resilience. <laughs> you yeah. you, you got to have He's more a little guy, but he's pretty clever. <laughs> I have to get I'd like to get my cat in here. Maybe that'd help. Yeah. It might. I, I got it. Unless yeah. he's a male, then you're cleaning up <laughs> yeah. pee spots, you know, yeah. where he's marking your couch so the cat doesn't, or the mouse doesn't come around. Yeah, my ca I think my cat caught a weasel the other day because I found it dead in my barn. I saw that. I saw that. Under the mower, Kia said. The what? Kia said it was under the mower. Oh, yeah. Kia wanted to take the mower for a ride, so I backed it out. When I backed it up, he was under the mower, laying there dead. I have second time I've seen a weasel dead. I don't. <laughs> I never see them alive around here, but I've seen two of them dead. Well, do you still got that one in the freezer that I got that one, that one time? Oh, you know what? Oh no, I don't. I don't. No, I don't because I cleaned my freezer out and I don't remember seeing that. So I don't know whatever happened to that. My freezer had an issue, so I got rid of some of that stuff, and I don't remember seeing that. And I forgot I did, I I had one. Was you with me that night when I ran over that one? In the, no, I think Mike was. I had one run across the road from me, and, and, I, and I ran over it. So I stopped and went back and picked it up, and I had it in the freezer for a long time. I don't know whatever happened to it. You hit a weasel. What? You hit a weasel. Yeah, it was amazing. I thought I didn't know what it was for sure. It was just seeing those little things. It was a night, obviously. Ran across the road in front of me. I, we just, you know, 
I just hit him. I didn't try and hit him, but he just ran over. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. What uh, what time of year? Oh, you can't remember that now. I think Mike was with me. I'm pretty sure he was. I'm just trying to figure out if it was white or brown phase. That was brown. That was a brown one. Okay, so yeah, it was probably it was, spring to summer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was right over, well, it wasn't that far. It was only like, what, three miles from here. It's on the, come out of a little ditch, you know, little, there was a drainage ditch. Yeah. You're just going across the road. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you hit a weasel. Yeah. I don't know how many people have ever <laughs> ran over a weasel, but I I did. You? That's that's it. Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I stopped and back up. I didn't. I wasn't sure what it was. I mean, I've seen dead mink on the side of the road. Never a weasel. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, do you have like any uh, like fears of the dark? Like just fears. I of, used to. Uh, I used to be afraid of the dark when I was younger. <laughs> well, yeah, I was terrified because I remember that. Because you know, it was yeah at nighttime. You know, we, we lived in a small town, and you know, we was always around town, bunch of guys, you know, or girls, and always all talking. When we got ready to go home, you know, it was always <laughs> well, obviously dark. <laughs> So you start walking, and pretty soon you start thinking there's going to be something behind the next tree. <laughs> you start walking a little faster, and, it, you know, the moon is out, and, you know, it's a little windy in the shade. You know, the wind is making all those different motions on the ground, this movement on the ground, and you keep thinking you're seeing something. Well, you keep walking a little faster and a little faster, and pretty soon, boy, I tell you, by the time I got a block from home, I was running about as fast <laughs> as I could go. Um, I mean, yeah, my heart was beating so fast because I was terrified it was something. Always something behind a tree. Every time I went by a tree, you know, I was thinking, Whew. so made it, had to go so fast so they couldn't catch you. So and it seemed like it was every time I went home. By the time I got home, I was running. So Especially <laughs> after you know, I used to stay with my cousin, or we just didn't stay with him. On Friday nights, they always had a spook theater. They'd come on at 11 o'clock at night. We'd go down there and watch spook theater. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd always have a little, you know, a little spook theater movie of some kind, you know. So then I'd have to go home. I got two blocks to go in the dark. Yeah, same thing. It didn't take me very long to start running those times, though. I would take right off running, but it didn't take me long. I had a beeline straight home. Boy, when I hit that door, I would, felt pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I still am not real. I'm not afraid to go out in, at night now, but I'm still a little bit spooky. when you by my, If I'm by myself all alone, like out in the woods at night, mm -hmm. it's still a little spooky. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can I can relate to that a hundred percent because I uh, not not scared of the dark. It's it's more uh, fear of what's hiding in it. Yeah, you know. That, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you're afraid of. Yeah, because you can hear stuff. You know, what's oh, what's that noise? You know. Yeah. And the imagination starts to get get losing control. <laughs> like when I was a kid, picking crawlers out here was never a big deal because I had my headlamp. But I'd have times where it'd die, and I'd be out by the swing. You know. 
80, 100 yards from the house, yeah. and it felt like a mile. Oh, yeah. You know, even though I know the yard, I can see the trees, and I, yeah. I've been in it with my headlamp, I know there's nothing in the yard. It's like, man, this is the time something's going to catch me because I don't have my light on or whatever, you know. So it would be <laughs> same thing, sprint to the door. Yeah, sprint. You know, yeah. <laughs> going out to the bow stand in the morning, yeah. going out, you know. I know there were times I would bug Grandma because she'd always tell me to take the walkie-talkie. <laughs> and there would be times, you know, <laughs> I'd be walking out and I'd be talking to her on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, y- you up? You know, and she'd be like, yep, I'm up. <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm I'm going out hunting. You know, and I'd already be in the woods and you can hear the leaves crunching. And, oh, geez. Sir. All right, well, good luck. Well... You know, I don't. I think I'm gonna hunt the pond stand or whatever I could do just to, you know, keep around the walkie till I got to the bottom of the tree. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's. I don't know how many people are not can do that without without any fear of anything. You know, so well, I don't. Yeah. Most people are probably a little have a little bit of fear there when you're out alone at night. You know, so as yeah. as naive as it is, I started feeling better when I was. I had that big buck knife that Chris gave me, and when I started carrying that, I started feeling better. I don't, I don't know if it was the thought that a bear was gonna get me yeah. and I could fight it off, or a cougar. Yeah, if you got a weapon, you're carrying that with you. Uh, no, nobody's gonna get me. Yeah. You now, know? now what? You know, yeah. that's what I was thinking. All right, <laughs> bring it. You know. Yeah. But, I mean, the reality of being able to pull that and use oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It wouldn't have helped you much, maybe. No, no. Yeah. No, you cut your bowstring, and that's more violent than anything you're going to do to, yeah. you know, get that thing going off like a grenade. and Right. That's more likely to scare any critter, but you're not going to fight it hand-to-hand. You know? No. Nope. But, yeah, so the dark, that's, that's when I, I think a lot of people have. I think it is, too, yeah. You know, and I think that stems back from... Uh, our cavemen days, you know. Yeah. You wander out in the dark alone, and you're getting caught by a saber tooth or mm-hmm. a grizzly, yeah, or a wolf, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, wolves would come in your cave. <laughs> you know, they didn't care. They have a fire yeah, going. They wait till your fire goes out. I could never do that. You know, you talk about fear stuff. You know, that's one of those things I couldn't do. And I'm fear of being uh, like I could never be a miner of anything i could never go in a mm. cave underground so that was that, i couldn't do it no nope kia wanted to take a copper tour when we went up for her birthday a couple of years ago oh, yeah and i kept stalling and stalling because just the thought of it the claustrophobia got me and i mean i've i've kind of talked myself into it now so i think we'll do it next time we get a chance but yeah i'm right there with you I've seen too many collapses. Oh, these just the but, air, the dankness. Being in there, you know, and you can't see nothing, but you, you know, you know where you're at. I mean, there's nothing. You're <laughs> under a lot of earth, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see no daylight anywhere. You got the only way you can see is a headlamp or something, you know. And I don't know. I guess just the thought yeah. of it's making me cringe. You know, I I can't deal with that. Yeah, and it's not just claustrophobia either. I mean, it's no, no, no yeah. It's the fear of no options. You know yeah, what, what yeah. happens? Yeah, you know, I mean, you're pretty much. That's it. I mean, you know, something happens. You don't have no options. You're just crushed. 
Yep. You don't have a sense of direction other than down because of gravity. Yeah. You yeah. know, and up because you're standing, but, <laughs> you know, north, south, east, west, it doesn't matter. If you're in a tunnel system, you get lost, like the fear of getting lost. Oh, geez, you yeah. know, my God. Yeah, I know. I've Yeah, I've seen some of those, you know, on TV or something, you know, like those documentaries or whatever, you know. Especially un underground caves. Yep. Going, you know, sometimes they can barely get through those little cracks. Going back in there, they don't know what's in there. I mean, yeah. they're way back in there, <laughs> long ways. And, I mean, you know, they're trying to, they had to, you know, take the tanks off, get through the spot. I don't know how they can do that, man. Oh, man. I could, hmm. that, I don't know. It takes a different kind of a person, I guess, to do that. I mean, there's a lot of people I don't think you can do that. I <laughs> Not was, just anybody can do that. <laughs> I was listening to, uh, I think it was Joe Rogan and uh, Cowboy Cerrone. He was talking about um, scuba diving, doing underwater caves. Oh, yeah. And you never do it alone, right? You always do it with somebody else, and there's usually a line yeah. that you follow, you track in, track out. But he was talking about how you can't move in those caves too fast because the sediment settles in there. Oh, and you yeah. start stirring it up, and it's got nowhere to go, so it just floats in a cloud until oh, yeah. it settles again because there's no currents or anything for the most part. And he was talking about how his partner got um had his line get wrapped around him or something, and he panicked. Uh -huh. And he started spinning. <laughs> And he stirred up all the sediment in the cave, and his partner ended up getting out. But Cowboy was talking about how he was down to his last few minutes of air and how he was panicking and how he was trying to, you know, just come to grips with the fact he was going to die. He was talking about climbing or uh, swimming up to the top of the cave, feeling it, working his way out, you know, or uh, working his way back one direction, then hitting a wall and panicking. Yeah. And realizing he's got to calm down because the more he panics, he's burning his air and yeah. all this he's... stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good story. It's wow. a good story. I'll have to send you the that's, link. That's scary. It's, uh, yeah, it, I, I was... my palms were sweating listening to him, <laughs> you know. Wow. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that, even... that would be, oh, man, that would be a high panic situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you do then. It's pretty hard to keep yourself under control without panicking then. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, even. <laughs> even spelunking where you're on the ground underground i guess you know but where you're on land doing the cave dives i yeah i know between the cave the cave diver or the, the cave divers <laughs> the cave the spelunkers and then the mountain climbers the the free soloists oh, where they're climbing i don't care if you have ropes or not but the guys that do it with no ropes that is just crazy. I know. I've seen that. It's just, uh, it's scary just watching these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what wire got crossed in their brain. Ooh, yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that, because that's, that goes against all survival instinct. Right. Yeah. You don't ha okay. I get it. If something happened and you know, you found your way down into a canyon and maybe you're cornered by a pack of wolves. And your only way out is to climb because they can't climb. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. But are you going to climb the full 
800 or 1,000 feet or whatever? <laughs> or are you just going to climb up 20 feet and wait till they get bored and leave? You, yeah. know, like, it's, it's, yeah, no. you know, like I don't see a situation where your brain says, hey, this is a survival skill. This is more like a suicidal skill. <laughs> wow, I know. That's, you know, that is, I don't know. That is crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they get wired like that. They do it in Michigan. They do it on the Superior Shore. You know the arch? Oh, yeah. On the, shore, on the, the Picture Rock shoreline? Yeah. <laughs> There's people that climb that. Jeez. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, that's negative. Yeah, I'm going to say, you you, you got to go. I don't know how they can do that. And there's, I mean, there's videos of people doing it, but there's so many videos of people where they're halfway through the negative portion, and then they just fall into the water. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, well, at least if you safe yeah. landing, but it's still, yeah. <laughs> it's cold. Superior's never over 45 oh, degrees. Yeah, <laughs> and you're smacking your back from 100 foot plus. You're easily 100 foot in the air over that arch. So it's like it's not just a free landing. Like you're still anything over 30 feet. It's like hitting concrete, they say, when you hit the surface. <laughs> and now you're falling yeah. in a climbing, negative climbing position. How are you going to control your fall? Yeah. You know what I mean? There you're, is... almost, <laughs> you're almost guaranteed to fall flat on your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. No. It doesn't have to, I guess, if people enjoy it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just different breed, I guess. <laughs> But, you know, I, I'd like to talk to somebody that does it because I've got so many questions. Yeah, no kidding. It, you know, I, I don't want to hold their feet to the fire, but i got to find out, like, what is going on yeah. in your head. Because, <laughs> you know, I can set out a paper target and shoot at it for hours, and there's meditation in that. Yeah. <laughs> d d don't tell me that trying to figure out where you have to put your hand so that you don't die is meditation. Because, yeah. to oh, me, yeah. that's a game. Yeah, you don't. you don't. Get, I, you don't get two chances in that. You don't, no. I mean, mistakes. No. You make one, and that's it. You're over. It's yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it's not meditation now that I think about it. It's meditation with <laughs> extremely high risk. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a game of chess could be meditation. I guess rock climbing could be meditation. Like yeah. I said, shooting a target, shooting your bow. Yeah. That's meditation. Right. You know? yeah. Just as much as sitting down with your feet crossed is meditation. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess, just. Yeah, some people just take it a little different level, I guess. That, I don't know. That doesn't, I can't figure it out. You know, it's just beyond me to even comprehend anything, how they can, people can do that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I had a, I had a dream last night. Uh, Weird one. Weird one. Been thinking about it all day. Because I don't remember my dreams very... I don't. I only sleep maybe five hours, six hours tops a night, right? Usually get to bed around midnight, get up at 5.30. Alarm, first alarm goes off like 20 after 5. So if I'm asleep by 20 after 12, I got five hours, right? <clears throat> so I don't have a lot of dreams. But last night I had a dream, and it stuck with me. I've been thinking about it all day. And Brandon, Greg, John, and I, okay, in this dream, I had gone fishing, fly fishing, and I was somewhere on a river, couldn't tell you the river, never seen it before, never seen any of the, anything, and I was banging out steelhead, just <laughs> banging them out, right, couldn't, yeah. couldn't make a cast, I was feeling them, my arm was sore, like, 
my sleeves were wet. <laughs> like, I was feeling it, okay? And I make a call. And next thing I know, Greg, John, and Brandon are there. <laughs> I walk up to the vehicle to get them. Come back down. And then all of a sudden, the river's changed. Now it's iced over a little bit, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I was fishing right here. I was smacking the steelhead, okay? Smacking them. They're like, awesome. Go ahead and show me where you were, you know. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll walk you out. So, And there was a little bit of ice on the shoreline. Well, Brandon started zipping out some line, you know. And I'm just walking out. And then all of a sudden, the ice breaks. And we plummeted. And I remember thinking in my dream, there's no way it's this deep. I was just here. And we plummeted 40 foot, right? 30, 30 40 foot deep. And, like, it was all cloudy. When we hit the bottom, it was cloudy. I'm watching Brandon as we're sinking, and he's panicking, you know. And I'm panicking, and I'm thinking we're done. Yeah. And then I can feel the the current of, this, like, this eddy that we're in. Oh, yeah. Spinning you around a little bit. Yeah. And, like, from hitting the bottom, there was a bunch of sediment, you know, that was kind of coming up and stirring. And I, it doesn't make sense because I had waders on, but I just kicked as hard as I could, did a couple strokes, dropped my rod, whatever, and I break through the surface. And I'm gasping for air, right? And my first thought is I got to get Brandon. Well, Greg grabs me, pulls me up on the bank. Well, Greg and John pull me up on the bank. And they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, right? And I look down, and I see this ladder that's like a two-piece ladder, like a wooden ladder and an aluminum ladder, and they're all ratchet-strapped or taped together or something. And it's like 10 feet over, where when I broke through, it cleared enough of the ice that all of a sudden this ladder was visible. Oh, okay. And I'm thinking, hopefully Brandon finds this ladder. Well, as I'm thinking that, he comes up, doesn't even get a gasp, like he spits some water out, right? (laughs) Doesn't even get a gasp, and then he's back down, I'm assuming from waiter weight. Oh, yeah. And all I did was just jump right back in foot first, right? (laughs) And But at this point, we're going through the clear column, and I can see him, and I see him hit the bottom, and he's kind of getting limp, you know? Oh, yeah. And I don't know how, but I grabbed him, gave a nice kick, and then as we were coming up, I kind of pushed him up ahead of me, right? Threw him out of the water, and <laughs> Greg and John grabbed him. But then I was in the same predicament where I didn't have enough energy to come up for air. <laughs> so, right? So as I'm going back down, I'm thinking, well, it was worth it, right? <laughs> well, then I remember the ladder. Uh-huh. And all I did is I just started feeling around because it was sedimented again. Mm-hmm. And I found that ladder. And somehow I kicked up, you know, put my foot on a rung, kept, kicked up, grabbed the ladder again, put my foot on another rung, kicked up, and was at the surface. <laughs> Jeez. That was a strange dream. <laughs> yeah. And I laid there on the bank. And I remember laying there on the bank, gasping for air, freezing. You know, adrenaline's pumping. It comes down. I start freezing. And the whole time, you know, Greg and John are just <laughs> trying to trying to comfort us and, you know, trying yeah. to figure out what to do. But <clears throat> but for some reason, that stuck in my mind all day because I usually Jeez. I can think of, like, a yeah. reason maybe. 
And oh I, yeah. So, and I wasn't even yeah, thinking was, of steelhead fishing mm-hmm. at all yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, usually when you have those dreams like that, it's something you maybe you kind of had in your mind or something the day before, that same day or something, something kind of related to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. And there was nothing. Like, like I, re- I remember thinking when I was in the river, too, like, I, I haven't done this. It's been too long. Like, I remember my hands getting cold and trying to do the pinky to the ring finger thing yeah. and not being able to do it and being like, it's worth it because, you know, when am I going to get on steelhead again? And that's when I got out of the river to call him is because I was going to let my hands warm up. I just hooked a big old steelhead, big old buck. You know, I can't remember if he broke off or I landed him or what. <laughs> but I remember thinking, all right, I'll go call him, you know, while I, maybe I had to retie my line or whatever. But And then, yeah, but it was just... Jeez. The craziest thing. Yeah, that is crazy. And like I said, I can't think of any reason. <laughs> but if, if yeah, sometimes I have those weird dreams, you know, the strange dreams, and then you, you think about it and you say, oh, now I know why I was dreaming that because you had some kind of a thought about it related to that somehow, you know, that day or something, or yeah. sometime the day or day before, you know. So kind of all goes together, but sometimes right out of the blue like that, it's strange. I mean, unless it's a seasonal thing just because – yeah. <laughs> you know, my body's got that. Well, maybe, you know, you know, it's steelhead season. Maybe that was it. You know, you didn't have to. Right. Mine didn't have to. Body go. just knows it's yeah. <laughs> steelies are running. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, have you. Yeah, had, sometimes when those kind of dreams come through, you kind of hesitate about going fishing. You know, it's like, holy crap. I mean, I remember going through the ice. I don't want that to happen. You know, kind of. Yeah. Makes you a little hesitant about. Get stepping into the river. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember going through the ice trapping muskrats. Oh, yeah. You know, and then getting my boots stuck in the muck. Yeah. And, you know, I'm barely above the water line with my waders and just wondering, oh, geez. you know, how am I going to get out? Because yeah. the ice is cracking. I don't have a way to pull myself up out, and now I'm stuck because oh, I, know I basically I... jumped in the water, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's scary. Done that one too many times. You know, and that's... I had that happen to me when the uh, river up. Uh, I stepped in, I don't know if it was quicksand or what, man. I went right, took, I was on solid ground, took one step, and phew, I went right down. And I, I was scared me because I didn't know how far I was going, you know. So I did manage to get back out of there. But, boy, I tell you what, it, that was a su- surprise when you hit that, something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. That was on the pier mark, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been a few spots in the water. You'll be walking around like a sandbar, and then the backside's all muck. Yeah, that's kind of what this was. You know, I stepped in there, and I was like, woo. You know, I stepped off of some really <laughs> solid ground and stepped right down to sunk right, you know, clear past my waist. And I didn't, you know, just far enough so I could, well, I was still close enough to solid ground, so I grabbed onto it, and I got, you know, kind of clawed out of there. But, man. Yeah, that's scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. That really, I mean, that's such a shock you know because you just walk along all of a sudden boom you know it's like like stepping into a drop off you don't even you know you don't you're not expecting it no and you know, some of the scariest stuff is that unexpected yeah. <laughs> you know when you're standing up on those high banks and you're looking down at the river 200 feet beneath you yeah you know the danger oh geez yeah. you know okay i'll stay up here on the top and i'll find a nice easy path down I'm not going to try and back down this hill or whatever you know because <laughs> at the bottom there's a river i could fall into oh yeah you know, if I knock my head on the way down, I'm done. Yeah. But then there's that. You make it down to the river. You step around a sandbar and then yeah, you're... Then you go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I would consider that a close call, but have you ever had any near-death experiences? You know, like anything, like being caught in a machine or anything. Oh, huh. well. <laughs> that you know of. You know, obviously oh, there always maybe. could have been I a mean, serial could... killer watching you somewhere or something. One time I remember we was in a baseball, after a baseball game, almost had a near-death experience. He was in a car. The team who played all the time, we didn't like them, they didn't like us. Uh, we beat them, after, and after the game, we went over to the, we had one carload of guys, it was five of us. Went through town, nobody there. We didn't see anybody. Well, we just, I guess we turned around, went back through town. All of a sudden, there's people coming out of buildings from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so when a guy come out, throws a beer bottle, hit the side of the car, and my cousin, and he, good thing he was in the middle, and it was a two-door because he wanted out. Oh, yeah, that would have been it. Oh, geez. And we had a fight to keep him in the car. We took off. But if, they'd have, <laughs> yeah, if we would have good and got out of town, man, we probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah. I tell you, there's like an <laughs> army coming out on both sides. I don't know how that many you know, people in that town. So that was scary. I don't. We thought we were pretty tough, but we were outnumbered like twenty to one. And your cousin screaming, "I'll kill you all!" Yeah, he wanted to take all of them on. Yeah, he, he wanted to get out. Well, he was he was ready to take on the whole town. Man, yeah, that's what he was. Though he was in lots of fights. <laughs> so not out of character. No, no, not out of character for him. Man. Well, he had a lot of training when he was a brother. When he was growing up, they was fighting all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know every time I went to a football game when we were younger, it used to be a bunch of crowded people around. Like, What's going on? Go over there and Sam, he's in a fight with somebody. You know, I don't know how he managed to get in a fight every time he went to a football game, but yeah, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was his hobby, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Man. Yeah, I, I don't know. He he had such a tolerable. I don't think he. Had, I don't think he experienced pain. You know, you could hit him and didn't. He didn't feel nothing. Mm. <laughs> and he was pretty strong too. One of those mind over body guys. Oh yeah. You know, when his mind's in it, his body's not type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Other <laughs> than what he tells his his mind tells his body to do, and it's not feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So you ever have like a like a close drowning experience or a vehicle accident or anything like that? I know I only bring up drownings because I know a lot of people have, you know. Yeah, you know what I've been close. I, well, I fell out of a boat once out in the middle of Crystal Lake. I fell out of the boat. What well, flying out? Both Carolyn and I both went out. What? Oh yeah, I've you never heard this story. No. Yeah, Jim and my uh, brother-in-law, Jim Pierce, uh, he always had a lot of boats when we was at Crystal. We were in the back. And we were going pretty fast, and he hit a wave just, you know, kind of like at a 45, big wave. and It just flipped the boat sideways and flipped us both right out of the, right out of the water, right out of the boat. But it happened. I just happened to scare the heck out of me. But... Uh, in the water, I had a hold of Carolyn, 
and all of a sudden he had my feet on the ground. He was right on a sandbar. So <laughs> we kind of got banged up a little bit going out of the boat, but we landed right on a sandbar. You know, so, wow. Yeah, so it was only, <laughs> you know, four or five feet of water. So turned out okay, but Carolyn had to go to the, they took her to the doctor. She got banged up, had a little head, you know, she got banged up a little bit. It turned out okay. It wasn't nothing, but. Oh. Yeah, you know, I thought you, yeah, I thought you knew that, but. No. Yeah, that was. <laughs> My God. That was a surprise. You know, you don't, you don't have time to, you know, be fearful of anything. All of a sudden, you know, bang, you're in the lake, you're in the water, you know. All of a sudden, you know, and you're standing up and all of a sudden staying on sand. And we both right together, so I got a hold of Carolyn. <laughs> Man, yeah, and you just hope that you stay conscious. I yeah, can't, I can't yeah, imagine. that's what happened. She, you could, kind of, she kind of hit the side of the boat when we, you know, a little bit, pretty hard. But, and I was okay. I just kind of, you know, hit a little bit and flipped out. Right, got launched, but yeah, cleared got launched everything. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But you know, when that happens, for the, you just got a second there to think. Oh man, you know, you know, when you're going out before you hit that water, you just you think, oh, this might, <laughs> be, this might be it, you know. So. Yeah, this is uh, the next step is to hit the water, and then yeah. after that, survive. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I uh, I remember uh, Jimmy telling me a story about flipping the kayak and Higgins. You know, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, that's I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it Big Jim or? No, Jimmy. Okay. Jim. Oh yeah, I know that was. <laughs> he was a ways out from what oh, yeah. from what he was telling me. He was going to the island or something, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember a lot about it, but I know he flipped it over, and then you know, couldn't get back. Couldn't get back no, in. He it. couldn't get back in, and I mean, you know, yeah, that was scary for a while. He made it okay, but I don't even recall how he got all the way back. <laughs> Probably swimming. Yeah. <laughs> what, the 16-foot? Wasn't that his big kayak, too? Did he? Yeah, he's got a big yeah. kayak. You know, it's like a sea kayak or something. It's long. Yeah. One, you know, so. but, yeah, I remember when your mother and Mark, they took off and went all the way to the island on that little canoe, you know. It was pretty tippy. What? Yeah. I said, where'd they go? Jesus, they were out there. I thought, holy crap. What do you, uh, they should be out there like that because those things are that Water can get pretty rough at times, you know. So, oh uh, yeah, especially you know. on Higgins. Yeah, on Higgins. I mean, you know, if, well, I've been out there, so it's been really rough. Sometimes it can come up fast, but if you don't want to be out there in a little canoe like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it had any lake jackets or nothing. Made it okay. They say, well, what, you know, what would you? Do? They didn't take nothing out, you know. Just you know, when they were young, didn't, didn't oh my know. I God, guess. had no fear of uh, anything yeah. happening. <laughs> That's just being young. Ride, like, go for a little canoe ride. Like we were talking, Michigan Adventures, Cedar Point. Being young, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, right. Getting That's old, it. you're I mean, like, yeah. is this maintained? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. That's why the parents have got to cab your eyes on you, kids. <laughs> they Man. can do some stupid stuff. <laughs> I remember the uh, trout spawn out on the island, going Both out these. there on the pontoon, just riding around trying to spot brown trout. One of the yeah, hardest things I've ever done. You know, you yeah. know what a brown trout looks like, and then you're looking at it amongst rocks. Yeah. And I remember Jimmy, he was pointing, he's like, they're everywhere. Like, there's one right there. Yeah. There's one right there, like right here beside the boat. And I 
all the trout I've caught standing in the, you know, watching them move up and along a sandbar, second they're on those rocks, mm-hmm. invisible, mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. crazy. And I don't know if they were spawning or what they were doing out there, <laughs> but he, he knew they were out there. Yeah. I remember seeing them off the dock. Every now and oh, then yeah. there'd be a big yeah, old we rainbow used, yeah, or something. Yeah, we used to see those here off the dock. I'll tell you, ice fishing, if you got a ice shanty or something, you know, so you got it dark over you, man, you can, you can see like 30 feet down there. It's just like looking through, you know. Yeah, I remember. I mean, you can see that fish <laughs> swimming around down there in like 30 feet deep, you know, on the bottom. I remember. Yeah, it's a clear lake. It was probably 30, 40 foot of water where... We were drilling holes, and then oh. instead of using the Vexilar, I was just covering the hole and looking down in it. And be oh, like, yeah. nope, no fish. Yeah. And then you yeah. drill another hole and yeah, be like, yep, 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 yep there they are. <laughs> yeah, you can look that. Yeah, you look down that hole, put something over your head so it's dark, and you can see right down in there, see everything. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's. Yeah, you can see if there's any fish here. Yeah. That was the best fish finder was uh, visual confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have to drop a camera down. Nope. It was, can you see them or not? Yep. I mean, I remember seeing lake trout swimming through while you're jigging perch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching perch hit it at 20, 25 foot, you know? Yeah. That was some fun stuff. Shining them in, <laughs> you know, with one of those flashers, then all of a sudden yeah. five or six comes in and mm-hmm. waits for you to pull them all out one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, yeah, I, I never knew you got thrown out of a boat like that. That's ridiculous. Oh, man, I can't remember. I don't know why I never told you that. I thought you probably knew that. So, I know you've there. fallen out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, about three times. <laughs> I know the one time, but I didn't know there was more than that. Well, yeah, it seems like twice I fell right out, right out of my back, you know, because the same thing. I, the first time was across the road over here in the, that woods over there. I was just scouting deer. And I was climbing up and I was, I was almost up to where I wanted to get to and I grabbed this limb and I kind of so I could get up on this other big limb. And I was kind of um, <laughs> leaning over backwards to get on that limb and a limb broke down. And I went down flat on my back. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and that happened to, yeah, it happened with my ladder stand too. <laughs> I got almost all the way up on my letters. I was up on my, yeah, my letter stand. It, yeah, it was kind of a weak letter stand, kind of not a real safe one. Shouldn't, what? Shouldn't have been up there. It turned sideways on me and flipped me right off, and I landed flat on my back, and I didn't, I couldn't move for a minute, and I was kind of afraid to move because I thought, huh, I don't know if I did something or not, so I was kind of hesitant about trying to move my legs, but that was okay. I moved them. But I, mean, <laughs> I could hardly, my back hurt for a couple of weeks. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Then, same thing another time that one time. <laughs> limb broke and I fell. Yeah. And I, uh. That's the one I told you about. That, that was back there on that oak tree when I, I landed flat on my back on that one. When I, I looked over. There's a rock. There's a big rock right beside my head. <laughs> I just missed it. Yeah, I just missed that big rock. <sighs> I told you about when I fell out of the pond stand, didn't I? Oh, no, I remember if you did, you might have. <laughs> so I was climbing the pond stand. It's after Mike rebuilt it, so it had the 
elevated platform on top of the original oh, yeah, platform. Yeah. <clears throat> or I think maybe you rebuilt it. Mike built the original, right? Yeah. Mike and Jeremy. Yep, yep, Mike and Jeremy. So well, it still had the original steps on the new Yeah. On the on the new manufacturer. So <laughs> I get probably three quarters of the way up where you've got a uh just to describe it, it's probably a ball of like what five maples probably five of them yeah i think so and it's it's on the main is the tree that it's the tree that's on your back is that a maple i can't remember now if it's a maple uh the most mature maple or if that's a yeah i think it is part of that ball but anyway there's a big a bigger tree big maple let's say that's the back and you're facing north it's the south tree and then all around it, you have five maybe smaller maples that it's kind of spiderwebbed up in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, point being that you know you're you're basically in like a god's hand. It's kind of <laughs> what it's built like. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but as you're climbing, you're climbing off the main maple, and then you go up a couple steps, and then one of the smaller maples in that cluster on your left. So the steps kind of twist yeah <laughs> as you go up well i got three quarters of the way up and it's like i said it's the old steps so they don't quite go all the way up to the new platform and it's where you kind of got to turn and i was young enough i might have been like 16 <laughs> yeah. where i was tall but not as tall you know so my legs i didn't quite have the reach and i didn't have the hand dexterity i have now even though i sent traps and stuff I didn't have all the hand dexterity and strength, you know. <laughs> so I'm climbing, and I'm getting to the point where you kind of got to take that long step up yeah. and twist so you can put your hands on the platform and pull yourself up. Because, again, he built it on top of the original, and it was probably a foot and a half above it. So anyway, I'm getting to that point, and as I'm going to put all my weight on, you know, this, uh, I think it was my left hand. And I'm going to put all my weight on that so I can pull myself up to the next step. That step swivels out on one side. <laughs> yeah. And all all I can think of now is it's because when the wind starts blowing, all those trees are working oh, yeah. in a different direction, yeah. and it must have worked that yeah, nail was, out. Yeah, they, <laughs> yep, that's what happens. Wind blows, <laughs> steps got loose. So this thing swings down, and... I remember for just the slightest second, I'm thinking, I can hold on to this. And then, like, my body weight takes over. And my (laughs) hand gave out. And I'm still holding my clenched fist as I'm falling. (laughs) And, like, I was, my immediately, my immediate next thought is kick off the tree. Yeah. You know, don't land on the tree. I didn't didn't have time. (laughs) And the next thing I know, I'm on my back. Right? (laughs) Oof. Knocked the wind out of me, couldn't breathe, couldn't move for about like 20 minutes, but it was probably like four or five. Yeah. And, well, okay, so before I hit the ground and I realized I couldn't kick off the tree, my my immediate next thought was impalement, right? Oh, yeah. I don't want to land on something, and then I hit the ground. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm, I'm laying there, and I finally get my breath back, and my adrenaline comes down a little bit. And, like, the whole time I'm hearing the wind blow through the woods and I'm watching clouds pass over, you know, and I'm just I'm just thankful. Oh, yeah. Geez. Right? 
Well, then I finally get, like like you said, don't want to move your legs. I finally get the courage to try and stand up. Yeah. <laughs> and I go to stand up, and I, I didn't look around immediately, but I go to stand up, and I start looking around, and there's nothing I would have been impaled on. There was like a couple sticks off either direction, you know, nothing big. Mm-hmm. But I had an imprint from where I landed <laughs> from the because it's softer pond soil oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Soft right there. <laughs> so I had a little imp- imprint that looked like a shallow grave where I hit the ground <laughs> yeah yeah you, you probably really helped you that little soft yeah. landing uh, hit. yeah because yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine looking oh, over and seeing a rock though after that oh I know because I mean I literally had a flash thought impalement oh. I don't oh wanna... yeah, you know I was gonna say that because I remember when I fell out of that tree that one that time with that truck was right beside me. Be, you know, it doesn't take long from the time you that limb breaks, the time you hit the ground. But man, it seemed like I could remember my whole life going by me. <laughs> you know, before I hit the ground, I think you know, only like a well, no, it was tenth of a second, but it seemed like I seen my whole life go by. You know, and boom, I hit the ground. Yeah, might have been a second and a half fall. <laughs> I mean, you know, at fifteen foot. Yeah, when you, you're right. One second, one Mississippi, two, <laughs> yeah, bam. Yeah, you know? it, you know? <laughs> yeah, scary. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Falls and drowning. <laughs> Drowning's probably my biggest fear because I feel like for the most part I can control the falls as long as I don't get myself in a situation where I'm staring over a ledge without mm. retainment or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> in the UP... We were on the edge of a couple waterfalls. Bree actually, well, she, you know, she fell off the one on, yeah, onto it. a ledge. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's all shale, so if she would have knocked her head or something, and oh, I yeah. didn't hear her. I didn't know. You know, I, yeah. I walk over because I turn around from setting my phone up to take a picture of us. I turn around, and she's gone. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? I walk over to the edge, and she's trying to push herself up, and she had one hand in the river. <laughs> so like her whole sleeve was all wet you oh, know Jesus. and she's trying to push herself up and she's got tears you know starting to well up and just from the shock of oh, walking back and then there being nothing there well, you know yeah and uh oh, yeah i remember that that was that was <laughs> but it's like if, if she would have knocked her head oh yeah she wouldn't have even needed to go in the river you know if she no. would have hit her head and been in four inches of water yeah done yeah you know wow <laughs> But so for the most part, you know, I feel like controlled, controlling the falls is one thing, but Uh drowning scares me because especially bow fishing, you get out at night, you're running over some deep water sometimes to get to a couple island chains so you can, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're shortcutting or what. And it's like, man, if I go over right now, it's dark. Like the only way you can find me is with these lights and you can only see (laughs) 30 yards at a time. Like you have to be right on top of me. Yep. <laughs> you know, and with wind and all this stuff, it's going to drift me away, and there's no way to pick a spot in the dark. Oh, yeah. He was right here, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's so easy to, uh, yeah, you could never find this, you know, Yeah, get back to where you, you know, you went off the boat. <laughs> no. And I mean, it's, you know, it's it's definitely a risk we take, you know. You, yeah. wear, you wear a life jacket when you're on plane, you know, when we're just shooting in the shallows and stuff, a lot of times the life jackets are just on the pedestal, but they're within reach because mm-hmm. you can't stop the airboat. I mean, you got to make a big circle. There's no reverse, you know, yeah. so it's like you got to throw something out to somebody, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so other than that, I mean, 
Yeah. Any other uh, close calls you can think of, or you know, I know Fallen is out of a tree stand. I I consider that a close call because we know a guy that was paralyzed from it. Oh yeah, I know that. You know, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't have to have any more of those stories to tell about falling out of a tree stand. I had enough of those. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, one's too many, but it does happen though if you're not careful. Uh, even if you're careful, sometimes it's, it's going to happen, especially in wintertime, you know, when it gets snow yeah. and ice and slippery thing. It's so slippery, blood. it's got to be careful. And it gets cold, so everything tight gets yeah. contracted, so you get up in your stand and your straps are loose. You're yeah. like, how? Well, because your tree shrunk, you know. <laughs> it didn't freeze and expand, even though yeah. it's got water flowing through it. Everything gets a little, you know, yeah. a little slimmer. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I remember grandma telling me a story. I can't remember if it was Mike or Matt, but we were going through Bridgeville one day and we got around that second, I guess, technically third curve heading straight east Mm -hmm. toward the highway. And she was like, I was, uh coming through here with one of your uncles and I rounded the corner here and there was a grain truck tipped over uh-huh. <laughs> and the dude that was driving was dead. He was crushed by his truck uh-huh. and I, you know, I was young, but I just remember asking her like how to happen, you know? And she said the only thing she could think of is he took the corner too quick. His trailer went up on one side and then when it came back down, it slammed the cab over with it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but you know, I I remember her telling me that, and I was I yeah. was just in awe because I just kept thinking like that dude was just oh yeah he was just driving grain yeah, he just driving yeah you know and all of a sudden he's dead he took yeah. a corner and the corner killed him yep. like yep it happens like that jeez yeah you never know so you gotta be <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It could literally be anywhere. That's yeah. that's oh, what I'm yeah. trying to get. <laughs> Anything can happen just at any time. Yeah, crazy. That's why you have to enjoy every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to bring it full circle. Yeah. Got some pizza sams today. So we got some pizza sams to warm up tomorrow for lunch oh, or yeah. whatever. And yeah, that was good too. That's uh. Yep. That's one of those little things when it comes oh, to yeah, enjoying yeah, life, you thing. know. Splurge on a pizza. Yeah. Every now and then, you know, don't worry about the diet because yeah. you got to, tomorrow you might not be able to enjoy this right. food, That's you it. know. I mean, d- not saying don't worry about your diet, but throw <laughs> enjoyment in there, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, even if you're a weightlifter, you know, you're the leanest, cleanest, meanest, you yeah. know, like Arnold or <laughs> whoever, you yeah. know, Robbie Coleman. You're one of those guys, you still got to have a, ice cream sandwich or something every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But, all right. Well, I can... Jeez, uh, why does it do that? I muted it. That was loud. All right. Well, I will uh, wrap this up here. And Did you have anything uh, you wanted to sneak in, say, ask, tell? <laughs> Any message you want to... Uh, no, I guess not. So, yeah, I guess that's it for me. So, All right. Well, 
you heard it here. Closing thoughts. That's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, and uh, we will be doing this again. So. All right. Good deal. Love you, too. Bye, everybody. <laughs>